and welcome back for an on-time recording of uh, The House of MTVG, Movies, Television, and Video Games. A uh, special segment today, big segment for the Broom Boys, just because, uh, like I said, on time, and we got Mandalorian Season 2, so uh, to bring us in and kick us off with kind of like a little bit of, what, news or whatnot, uh, um, here's Buddy. I mean, there really, there really isn't a whole lot of news. Um, you know, there, there's ongoing developments with things, obviously. I mean, the bulk of our news is going to actually be covered in the Broom Boys, but um, I bought a Xbox Series X. We'll start off with that. I managed to snag one during Walmart's Black Friday. It'll be here in a couple of days. Uh, so that is exciting, and I know... You got a pretty good uh, video game related thing going on yourself, don't you? Oh yeah, I got I got an early Christmas present from Mrs. Guy. She she got me the Iron Man VR set, and oh, that's a hell of a trip, dude. But yeah, uh, prepare for a little bit of motion sickness at first, because uh, it's spatially it's like awesome, but you're not moving, so there's. It's like, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a trip that way. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. a trip that way. Well, and I've got uh, I've got baby buddy bouncing around watching Finding Dory, so prepare for a little bit of background noise, possibly. Nice. And, uh, not a big deal. Not no, a big deal. No, everybody will love that. Deal. Kids, uh, kids make everybody happy. Well, Finding Dory makes this kid happy. So perfect. so you know it is what it is it's a great movie and he loves it and it's on the big tv instead of on his tablet so that's even more exciting even more exciting now uh, uh, on a bit of news that is not related to the broom boys and star wars um weren't you were mentioning something about was it daredevil oh yeah 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 well um i believe it's as of today the um the rights to do stuff with the character have reverted from Netflix back to Marvel. So it's been two years since the cancellation of the Daredevil show on Netflix. You know, they ended with season three um, and all the other shows subsequently got canceled kind of in a cascade behind them. Um, And so those rights have gone back to Netflix or back to Marvel, back to Marvel, back to Marvel. Um, Daredevil is the biggest one out of all of them. I mean, he was their leadoff hitter. It was the best overall show. I mean, Jessica Jones and Punisher were, were good as well and right in there with it. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, it was Marvel really the main stable stable or the main show of the stable. And, uh, that freaking, that show was, it was really intense where they, where they took it. Um, Wow, yeah, what? yeah, I I loved it, dude. Yeah, um, very it, check it out. Very Frank Miller like mm-hmm. in uh, in portrayals of the characters and the storylines. Um, you know they and did. They don't, they don't hold back physically, dude. They, no, very very there, very 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 brutal fight scenes. I loved it. I loved it. It's yeah. perfectly cast. It was perfectly acted. Um, I'm glad to see it back with Marvel. Right. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with it because they got what now back in their stable. They have fi- uh, the Fantastic Four. They have 
all the X-Men, as far as I know, all the X-Men, um, and Daredevil now too, right? Yeah, and I think I think they have Luke Cage and Iron Fist and okay. Punisher and Jessica Jones, I think, are, are back, or at least they're close to being back. Um, okay. You know, the only characters they're famously missing still are the Spider-Man and all related characters. And they, I also I believe don't know they, that they will ever get it back because that was uh, a sale. Uh, I think it was an indefinite contract. I don't know if they sold, sold it, sold it. Um, okay. But I believe Universal has control of the Hulk. Oh. But they, but they let Marvel use him. But I don't think Marvel can do solo movies with him. It's a weird deal. It's a weird deal. And so, I mean, and it I think... It is. Well, yeah, there yeah. hasn't been a single Hulk movie, a solo outing, that has actually box officed well. Um, and this Hulk that we're seeing, I mean, Ruffalo play, he's he's playing the same one that Norton played in the movie. Yes. And that cuz that Hulk movie was re- originally what started it all off. Well, supposedly. Right, right after Iron Well, no, you're thinking of the Eric Bana one. The oh, Eric Bana cuz that's right the Bana one came Eric out and Banna, then Iron Man. And then Iron Man right. and then they did the Hulk because they had um and everybody was confused why Norton was all all of a sudden playing the Hulk after Bana had just played it, but it the movie itself like None of them really have ever fared well. Um, and so, however, him in the Avengers, him as a as a secondary character. Um, I mean, him and him in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he has it's rated really well and done really well. But yeah, he's never actually been able to hold a box office in any of his movies. And that could just be because of quality of film. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say I, that I I've think, ever uh, seen really. I think a solo Hulk movie would do decently now, but he he wouldn't be able to do it without another, at least one like sidekicky character to play off of. He right. just he just wouldn't be able to do it. Um, you know, Hulk's always kind of been that that lone wolf sort of superhero. And right. it's hard to it's hard to translate that onto the screen. Now I think they were they were trying to what they were said when they were going for it was really the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of relationship in a superhero, and that's how they came up with ultimately the Hulk is is that idea, and playing that out, and so. You definitely see it in the sense that Hulk has the ability to just in any moment go completely off the rails. And he's consistent. He's like Peter Parker in that sense, consistently and regularly, or Spider-Man, I should say, uh, misunderstood. So, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's an interesting story, but there's a whole lot of components going on that are very similar to others and i just i like the hulk i i play him on avengers when we play but i never really got into him i don't know yeah yeah he's uh i mean obviously they did the tv show back in the day with <laughs> uh with lou ferrigno uh, physically playing the hulk and yeah. uh 
Ferrigno provided the voice of the Marvel Hulk up until they did the the Smart Hulk thing in Avengers Endgame. Um, yeah. You know, you know, I think I think, though, if were we to see a Hulk standalone movie, uh, it would be a really good place for them to harken back to the comics and use it as the first appearance of Wolverine like they did in the comics and do a Hulk versus Wolverine sort of movie where they end up teaming up in the end. That would be cool. Do you know what I think would be better for the Hulk, especially with <clears throat> everything that's been going on? A Hulk TV show that basically revolves around team-ups. Well, they're doing the She-Hulk TV show. Okay, I see that. On Disney+. Plus. same format. Which, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But I just think like a, con a consistent Hulk team-up or Hulk villain uh, with a ma major villain, uh, that, that would be a fun show. A, a, a real-life, a live-action version of a comic in that, or a cartoon. Like the old ones, yeah, it could be cool. Oh, but hey, so uh, we brought up we brought up the X Men, and that just reminded me. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw an article. I might have just been speculation more than anything else, but we'll just say it's a rumor for now. But there's a rumor that Daniel Craig is going to be cast as Magneto in the MCU. You know, I could see it. I could see it too. It's not something I would have ever, like, if I was asked to make a list, his name never would have been on it. But now that they mention it, I'm like, huh, yeah. I could definitely Daniel see it. Daniel fucking Craig. Hell yes. I could, what I guess I never would thought would have thought of is Daniel Craig would want to play a mutant. I don't know, but ever since Ian McKellen played him, I can't, like... He has to sound British, right? I mean, that's well, for whatever reason in my head. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't. Well, it wouldn't make in, sense for him, him to have a, a Staten Island accent or whatever. No, you know? no, because he's not. He's from. He's from Europe. He, yeah, he yeah, 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 yeah. He's a. He's a Jew. Concentration camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a. He's yeah. a Polish. I think wasn't he? Or yeah, French? I think so. I think Pol Polish. Yeah, I think he was Polish. Um, Anyway, and so yeah, so it, it would make sense, obviously, to go go with the European actor in that sense. Um, I just like, I guess I, <laughs> but then you think about da uh, Daniel Craig doing he, he, uh, James Bond, and if you really think about James Bond, while James Bond is fucking badass awesome, he's like a freaking British spy superhero. So it's not like a whole crazy shift. To think of him playing a, a mutant, especially with how superhero movies are slowly evolving into kind of the modern, what, the modern myth, the modern Greek hero kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's our mythology. Right. And so. it would, but, you know, like, it would be another turn for him playing a villain. Which I know he has played a villain earlier in his career. I remember there was a movie he did Time, time, with... time, time. Magneto is, as far as I know in the MCU, Magneto is not considered considered a villain anymore as much as uh, an anti-hero or a misunderstood 
understood villain. Well, okay, so his his motivations are roughly the same as <laughs> Charles Xavier's. He wants to protect and preserve a future for mutants. It's his methods. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he he is a villain. He's a villain. I mean, in any way, shape, or form, you want to that the comic book especially wants to twist it. And I know when we got the Days of Future Past movie, he was teamed up with the X-Men trying to, you know, stop the the apocalypse that was going on from happening. Um, but he is a villain. I mean, he's an absolute villain. And it's fine, though. He's a wonderful character. But, yeah, Daniel Craig, he played he played a – it might have even been a Nazi. But there was a movie that Stephen Dorff starred star in called The Power of One – uh, it was about apartheid in South Africa, and then he he and Daniel Craig played a um, played a guard in the camp that he was interned in, and uh, Morgan Freeman was in this movie too. I I think it flew under a lot of people's radar, but we watched it. In, I think uh, I remember remember this movie, and I just remember him being absolutely fucking chilling. Yeah, he was horrifying. Um, just very like he was the lead guard or whatever. And he was kind of a psychopath. Um, you know, just you're, oh. yeah, just very not. Yeah. He can do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. definitely a very, very versatile actor. I mean, and he is, he's great a actors very out. good actor. Um, I mean, look at his he's performance and look at his performance in knives out recently. Oh God. What a great fucking movie. Yeah. Great movie. And yeah, he played. He did a great job with the role. I, I like by the end, I completely forgot he was he was uh, European. Completely gone. Nothing left. I was I was buying what was it Texan? I can't remember. I can't remember. It's been a minute since I watched it. I own it. I should watch it again because yeah, it's a great movie. I I was I was really surprised. Uh, everybody that was, um, well, it wasn't. Um, uh, God damn it, Chris Evans. I, I always yeah, Chris Evans. I couldn't. I was trying to remember the last name. I was gonna be Chris, and then I was gonna hunt for a last name. I just I'm awful with this. I start thinking of one name, and then all everything is out of my head after that, and I blank. But anyway, Chris Evans was in it too. Yeah. So it it would be kind. Of, I I don't. But he's not gonna. He's he's out. Captain America's gone for now. Old man dead. For now. Right? Well, here's the catch. is because the past, Steve Rogers could always come back to the future. Or they could always go get him from the past to bring him to the future. Just and that's to take ex- him right back to the past again. And that's exactly the the safety mechanism they built into the MCU. Is any anybody that's dead and gone, they can do that with permanently. They want to bring Well, vision. they did it with a couple people back. I mean, they did it with Gamora already. Yeah, and they do, they didn't with Gamora, except they didn't return Gamora to her home time. Um, but yeah, any time that you know, maybe Chris is like, "Here, we're gonna back up the Brinks truck. It's full of hundred dollar bills stacked from the floor to the ceiling. We need Cap for two more movies." And they, you know, they pick him up and drop him off. Pick him up, take him back. Pick him up, take him back. Wow, here's a here's an interesting thing. To think they could about. do it with okay, Iron Man so, too. Well, okay. So Thanos, right? Because yes, he Thanos. came like that universe that the Avengers that like 
the end game Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Their universe, their timeline, their that moment, right there, was the second time they actually in their timeline killed Thanos. Yes, and in the timeline that he originally was in completely wide off from the timeline that was going to be because Thanos left. He never attacked Earth in that that timeline. Yes, so in that timeline we probably don't get the Avengers. Exploded. We get the heroes, but we probably don't get the Avengers. We probably don't like we don't get Ultron, we don't get any of that stuff. Because right. Ultron was a response to the attack on New York. You know, and, and, you know, the Mind Stone wouldn't have come to Earth if it wasn't for Loki bringing this. I mean, yeah, there's this, there's the, that whole universe is its own, own effed up little thing now. Yeah. Right, left turn. Like, it's just something to think about if you just wanted to kind of go down a rabbit hole sometime. Oh, yeah, Um, no, it's, I would actually be very interested (laughs) in a movie from that universe or something from that universe showing the outcome of Thanos leaving. Right. Cause he, did he take any of the time stones with him or no, any of the no, Infinity all, all the, all the stones are still there in That's that, in, in his, in that timeline, in his timeline, because in that timeline that, that branched and that timeline branched because Thanos left and never came back. That timeline yeah. has split. So, they went and put wow. the they went and put the stones back, but they went to their own timeline basically and put them back. The timeline where they killed Thanos twice. So yeah, this is this is the hard this is this is the crazy part to think about. It's like there's three different universes potentially that we're talking about: their past, Thanos, where he came forward from, past and future, and then the current exist. Anyway, well, hold on. Actually, no. Let me. Let me try to think about playing within the rules that Marvel established. So, okay. so they said the past becomes the future when you or you're, you're wherever you travel to anything that came before you, whether no matter what year that took place becomes your past and then your new present, even if you went back in time becomes and everything going forward becomes your future. So. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, yeah, I don't know. I think that universe is branched out because ready for this. This is fucked up, dude. Okay, so Cap, Cap in in the storyline that exists in the MCU, Cap goes. We have uh, the the first Avenger, blah blah blah, all those movies, the Red Skull. He gets frozen, right? Yes. He went back in time to live with Agent What's her name? With Peggy. Peggy Carter. With Peggy Carter. Agent give, Carter. Give Haley Atwell her props. She was amazing in that role. Um, and I right, loved it every time per- she showed up. Perfectly cast. Every time she um, showed up, I was happy. She he went back to just after he got frozen. So Captain America actually lived and was in America. Just chilling that entire fucking from end, the end of World War Two all the way up until when he was unfrozen. And then he was even still old Cap was still there when young Cap got unfrozen. So there was multiple Caps. And get what yes. I'm saying? 
Yes. He and, just chilled. Well, as far as we know, he might not and have. And what about when he went and visited old Peggy? Uh, well, she had Alzheimer's. That That's a big... That's a big thing in that was brought up in the in the discussion is that because you never she talked about her husband in the Winter Soldier in a video clip that he watched at the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. But you never saw a picture of anybody but their kids. And then you saw in Endgame when he was in the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters when they were stealing the Pym Particles and the Tesseract. You saw a picture uh-huh. of young scrawny Steve on her desk. Um, the Russo brothers say that, yes, Steve was always the husband that she refers to all the time. But she, in The Winter Soldier, she had Alzheimer's. Now, now let's take another step down because Sharon Carter. Yes, Sharon Carter. That means... He made out with one of his grandkids. With his niece. With his niece. His niece. Niece by marriage, not by blood. Niece by marriage. But the Steve that okay, made out so, with her didn't know that. Okay, okay. Niece by marriage. Never mind. I thought that was. I thought it was a different way. So that's niece by marriage. Yes, I think she is the. I think she's the grandchild of Peggy's brother. Ah, that would be so much better because I yes, was, that was yes. worrying me for a second. Yes, but young Steve didn't know that. Now, That's okay. But, but the but the plot hole comes in is that Sharon didn't know that her uncle was Steve Rogers. Oh, snap. She had a hot for her uncle. Or she didn't know it was Steve or like they rigged she up some had kind of for her uncle. I mean, you can't really blame her. Um, but you know, maybe they I rigged have up the hots for her uncle. Maybe they rigged up some sort of prosthetic for his face or whatever so he couldn't be recognized. It's hard to say what they did. It's right. it really maybe is. he was just old when <coughs> she finally met him and then, you know, he I mean, was he might have and... been But don't you wouldn't you be like you got the same name as my uncle? Yeah, I mean, she was born in the 80s, probably, so, or late 70s, early 80s, I mean. And he's still alive in the 2000s, come on. Oh, yeah, but he would have been, he would have been in his 70s. I'm just saying. Yeah, so, I mean, he would have been old man, old man Steve, even then, or older man Steve, even then. Um And without ever knowing him when he, who knows, like I said, that's the biggest, like, plot hole that people point at but i mean who knows who knows it works for me i if you don't think about it if you don't if you uh, it doesn't bother me really what's the one uh, bit. what's the expression like you separate from re- the reality or whatever or you detach from it just there's a saying about it suspend well, oh come suspend on your disbelief it's... you suspend your disbelief well, I mean, it, it, story-wise, it's it's a great freaking. It's a it's just a hook. It's not even it's not a plot twist. It's not anything. It's just a hook. It's one of those little things that you're like, I remember Carter. That's a, you know, it's it's like an Easter egg in one of those kind of things that you can be excited about because at the point in time he also kisses her, he doesn't know about time travel. He has no clue he can go back. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, he has no and idea. There's just a lot of other she- shit, and then seeing his, like, freak the niece of, of the woman he loves, and then, you know, seeing some reminiscing shit, and thinking that he's gonna be there for the rest of li- his life, never gonna see her. Why the fuck wouldn't he? He didn't know he was her uncle. Yeah, and even he, then. He had blood. no idea. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is... The Sharon this Carter thing is the biggest plot hole with how did I, she not know? I don't see it know? as a plot hole. How did yeah. she not know? That's the, I think that's she the knew. Thing to the I plot think hole. she knew, and I think she had the hots because she knew the story. She knew her uncle was fucking Captain America, and she knew, and she was like all romanced by the Steve. Oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. It's hard to say. It's hard hey. to say. I would like hey, I said. Fucking... I would. I would like to see them do something with that. Agent, um, agent, what was, uh... 13? Sharon? No, 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 I was gonna, uh, 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 S.H.I.E.L.D., uh... See, I I do, this is what I do, I forget the fucking names because I get it off on left, uh, on, on tangents. Um, oh... When you say agent and S.H.I.E.L.D., there's a lot of them that we right? rattle and it's off like I can't, of. right? No, I, and my issue is... Man or woman... I, Man, he uh, uh, number two uh, to Nick Coulson. Fury, Agent Coulson, Coulson, Phil Coulson. Coulson. Thank you. I kept on. It, I it's, it was too too close to Carter. C words. Too many C names. Anyway, Coulson. Um, he had a man crush on freaking Steve. Well, yeah. Cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but he also yeah. had a he also had a woman crush on that uh, cello player in he, on that cello player in Portland. So <laughs> true, true, true. But I, he. I told. I bet if Steve would have been like, "Want some sugar?" Colson would have been like, "Just once." I don't know, man. I think Scott Lang showed more of a man crush on Cap than Colson ever did. So, <laughs> I give you it. I give you. I it. mean, between the their introduction in Civil War and then the uh, America's ass thing in Endgame, <laughs> that's America's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think you're totally right. I think there's just a lot of people that would. I think I don't. I know. I think there's just a lot of people. Um, so I better get in line. Absolutely. So, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, this was a long and winding road we went down, starting from uh, Daredevil coming back to to Marvel. Right. Right. It's so true. And you know. Speaking of Marvel and little this and that, so why don't we just, you know, well, I'll hurry it along. Why don't we get to, I want to just call out freaking, not Marvel, but Square Enix and, uh, is it Crystal? Dynamics. Crystal Dynamics. Yes, the creators you know, it's a light of the Avengers out, game. The creators of the Avengers game. Damn, uh, man. A much maligned and justifiably so, Avengers game. You know, I, I what it's coming down to, and we just read news that they're they're going to be you know doing content pushes, probably de- you know downloadable DLCs, and then they're they're going to do microtransactions or some other shit. They're already doing semi microtransactions, but we'll see. We'll additional content microtransactions. We'll see what they actually do. Um, and I guess we'll see how good freaking Kate Bishop is here on December 8th. In like a week. Yeah, a week. Right? Uh, a week and a couple days. Um, but 
I'm playing WoW, and they they mind you, WoW pushed their launch back a month. Um, you're playing Destiny and Assassin's Creed. Yes, Valhalla. Valhalla. And Destiny, right? Destiny pushed their launch back. Valhalla, I think, came out on time. Yeah, Valhalla came out on time. Um, and I can say my experience with WoW. There's been some patch updates, but nothing that has made the game unplayable. I haven't seen anybody really complaining about it. Um, that way, uh, Destiny, I think you, you said they had some issues at start. It was mostly, I think, that because Destiny 2 was put onto Xbox Game Pass, and it came, it comes with Forsaken, Shadowkeep, and the new expansion Beyond Light. I think we saw a massive influx of players on that day one that they weren't prepared for. So they were having issues with people getting into the game and then issues with people staying in the game once they were in it. Um, But that was literally, I think that's a standard launch of anything huge. It's actually a happy launch knowing that people are... People are really, at, you know, if you got more than what you you plan to have your servers hold, that's a that's a positive because you know they're all increasing their server load in, in preparation for this stuff anyway. Um, established games, um, but if they they exceed that that expanded load for mm-hmm. for the launch, then that's got to be a win in my book. And you just prep for expanding the servers. At that point in time, I, it and was so literally a day one. Your... It was a day one mm-hmm. issue only. Um, yep. You know, I have the occasional disconnect, mostly when I'm in the tower for extended periods of time. I'll get an error code disconnect that just kicks me to orbit. Um, but those are fairly common Destiny 2 issues. Like, they've been there since release, and they've never really completely eliminated them. And whenever new stuff comes out, there's always an uptick. Um, It's an inconvenience, a mild inconvenience at most. Um, You know, I hear... That but you're the not new... losing items. You're not no, losing no, 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 no. You see, you're not losing shit. It's just like all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. oh, I was halfway through the mission and now I got to do it again. Yeah, but no, I'm that I had I'm... been working and got it's mine still. Yes, and yes. That's, I'm that hearing works. though. Hold on, but I am hearing the other big release um, that has happened, which would be uh, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, mm, Cold mm-hmm. War, is plagued with many, many issues right now. Um, I skipped this Call of Duty for the time being, mostly because I wanted to hold out for uh, getting a Series X. And then because they're charging extra for their Series X edition. And I know the the PR says, oh, if you just have to pay a small upgrade fee. Well, I didn't want to risk that being bullshit. So I'm just like, hey, I'll just hold off and then buy the Series X version. But now at this point with the issues they're having and I'm hearing a lot of complaining from my friends that do own the game, I might just mm-hmm. skip it entirely. Yeah, I, w- I was planning on skipping this one, um, unfortunately. And that's really sad to say because one of my, even to this day, like I think back to it was it was on Xbox. Uh, it was a world, uh, not a World War. II, it was a Vietnam game. 
Um, yeah, that would have been the first Black Ops. I no, I wasn't, but it wasn't Black Ops. I I don't remember what it was. Um, I could probably look it up and find it, but I just remember, and I I will. But it was, oh my god, an intense game. Like it, it there were situations and times everything felt hopeless, and that you literally just made it through by being lucky, and. Dude, that game was that game cut my teeth on all of the war games I play. I've played since, and some of them have that. Um, but I haven't played a, a Vietnam game since, and um, so I was kind of semi looking forward to that, just because that's. I don't think Cold War takes place in Vietnam, because you see Ronald Reagan in the trailers, so it seems to me like a post-Vietnam '80s Cold War sabotage scenario sort of thing um i'm upset about uh, here it here it is i'm conflict, upset a- conflict vietnam oh yeah i remember that game um that I- was a fucking game man i'm upset about possibly skipping this call of duty because of zombies uh treyarch yeah. is the zombies creator they do the best zombies content <laughs> and i love the zombies Probably more than I love anything. It's probably my favorite thing about Call of Duty is the zombies. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my my buddy spent hours and hours and hours and hours and days upon days of time playing the zombies. Starting from World at War, you know, all the way up through the current iteration. Yep. Um, I'm right there with you. The zombies, I mean, the zombies I've said multiple times should really be a standalone game. They should figure out a way to make it standalone somehow. They had a standalone one on PlayStation that actually just had zombies in the zombie maps. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, they could actually make a call of duty zombies game where it was, where it was more story driven. And, you know, mm-hmm. the stuff that people go for that are Easter eggs now could be the objective in every level. And, you know, they could do you some. You can get some pretty awesome cutscenes, dude. Yes, you can. I mean, and they could do some guidance. They could do they could do a vast number of things to, to trim the experience based on how many players are involved. Um, but yeah, well, I think... and then they could do definitely on each map, they could they could switch things out like you could and so for five rounds you could have this mission where the goal is a to make it from point a to point b and then hold out for five rounds and then the next goal point you could really progress a storyline that way um and, and by giving and then you just change like um or or what is it change kind of the the mission type like just the dynamic of the mission by changing the the goal and what you're trying to do and accomplish um you could from whether or not you have to go out and like it teaches you say you play the story mode of the map and it makes you go out and collect the parts for the shield and so you have like this almost uh, you know uh uh go get the flag kind of thing or, or capture the flag kind of moment and then bring it back to the base. You would have that inside the storyline gameplay at, you know, and so each five, like each 
five rounds or whatnot or one single round of like just that the whole time and you could progress the story just along just through that by you know i, I don't know yeah I think no that would be fun i think it's doable and i think it's really something they should look into um i think it would do really well and you know and to satisfy the the current trend in call of duty you know, you make it a zombie game, but then you also give it access to the to the battle royale mode that everybody seems to love so fucking much, except for me. Um, and me, I'm not not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. I'm, I'm probably too old for it, but whatever. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's uh, it's got to be our age. Yeah. So, but but my biggest thing is Marvel, uh, not Marvel, but Avengers game for the Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. Get your shit together. These 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 major companies have all launched games now that most of them have been pretty much they took care of the major game issues when on launch by launch day. Um, if not by launch day, game after you know day one they were fixing these things. You got to fix them right away. It's not one of those things where you you sit out and try and like oh well we got to you, you gotta get you gotta have a game plan you gotta get your head in the game and it's gotta fix these things and it, you know all day, they can shove a content out all day long for DLC and you know microtransaction and shit but if the game isn't just worth playing because the mechanics are fucked up they're just gonna dump more money into it. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've, I hate to say we've beaten a dead horse, but this horse currently is still alive, if only barely. Um, but yeah, this is... Waiting for the eighth, but it's yeah, like, I yeah, can say, yeah. all these games have launched, the only one that I can, that, that it sounds, was semi-disheartening was, what was it, Watch Dogs Legion had the Xbox issue. I want to say that's taken care of fixed, now, though. Which I believe is fixed. So, there you go. I mean, and honestly, it's almost like an Ubisoft trademark at this point to release buggy <laughs> games. They Seriously. I think they're anti-pushing their dates unless they absolutely have to. Um, but they tend to fix their shit. That's the other test side of that coin. Well, the only games know. they test market are the games that can be played or are, that are meant to be played cooperatively online. So, like, they have a public test server for The Division 2. Um, I don't know if they're running one for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, but, um, yeah, they do, they do test, they do test the patches on a PTS, but I mean, there's there's always going to be, there's always going to be issues, but you know, get your shit together. Yeah. This is our weekly, Hey Avengers, get your shit together. You're, you've been running out of time for, for months now and your time is seriously almost up. Uh, like, I don't know if I'll make it to the eighth. Um, I haven't touched the game in a month. I will. Me neither. I will download Kate Bishop. I can't say that I'm going to play it on the 8th because um, the 8th is also when the enhanced graphics version for the new generation of consoles comes out for Destiny 2. So I'm supposed to have my Series X no later well, than the second. There's a lot second. of shit coming out on the eighth, dude. There's yeah. like uh, from TV shows to movies to yeah, and seen, Cyberpunk like, is like literally mm-hmm. days. Away, I think it's the tenth or the ninth yeah. for Cyberpunk. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Avengers has to do something spectacular 
to win us back and pull, pull their heads out in a major way so and frankly is kate bishop a character most people have never even heard of the person to do it even with uh, the even with the hook into hawkeye and nick fury being tied in with her i don't i don't know i don't see it i but uh, but I you know what they have that they're they're Black going Panther to have my a better way yeah i agree um they're going to have my attention until Spider-Man. Yeah. After that, if we get I don't there. think after that I don't think I'm going to give a fuck. Agreed. See Agreed. now here's here's a thing that I'm wondering about though. Do I feel there is a chance in order to drive more sales of the game that they will somehow get out of their exclusivity deal with Sony? And release Spider-Man on the Xbox in order to drive game sales over there. Because I guarantee you, I would say a decent chunk of their $64 million loss was in... They had projected Xbox sales. It probably didn't materialize because they pissed off a lot of people by making Spider-Man exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah, but... Okay. I, I can... I can point all the way back to fucking Betamax uh, and Sony fucking shooting themselves in the foot. Sure, but, but that's not... Because of some stupid shit like this. But that's not Sony shooting themselves in the foot. That's Enix shooting themselves in the foot. By giving... Well, yes, but because I don't know if Sony would allow Spider-Man to have... Because there's no Xbox rights for Spider-Man. No, no. I mean, well, there is in certain games, but like what games? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering. Like any of the Capcom, any of the games where Spider-Man's a part of a bigger ensemble, there's right back backdating, but yes, that was like yes. before the like. But I mean, I don't know where the Marvel vs. Capcom when that was made, but it may even predate the the Sony. No, there's sale. dude, there's been a, a recent one in the past few years. Oh, has there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that would be yeah, that would be like the only one other than that, it's like the Sony Spider Man game not coming over to Xbox. Well or and I think if like it the does it I finally think like will the, after the movie tie in games too have come to Xbox. Um mm-hmm. you know at the start, they used to. I mean, back at lights like the movie game. What I played it on Xbox. Yeah, original. yeah. No, not, I don't. Not the dude, PlayStation. I don't blame Sony for leveraging their property. I do. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I it's do. not. It's not <laughs> like you're gonna see Master Chief or Marcus Phoenix popping up in The Last of Us or another or Uncharted or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, Microsoft has their property that they cling to, and and so does Sony. Now the difference is. Microsoft created those characters. Sony is just leasing Spider-Man indefinitely. Um, I hate exclusivity. Yes. And if if your motivation is, oh, we want this to be exclusive to drive console sales. Okay, fair enough. But consoles aren't really a big profit maker for these manufacturers. They aren't. Right. They no, don't have the, a the huge, pr- especially really... $500 for this new generation of systems. They basically are selling a mid-level gaming PC, maybe a middle-high level gaming PC based on everything I'm seeing. 
and reading and hearing from experts, because I am not one, for $500. That is, mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably honestly taking a loss, if not close to taking or close to taking a loss on these systems. And Microsoft, I think wisely, has found this Game Pass model. And I think that's where they're seeing their money come from is they're getting how many millions of people to pay $15 a month every month. Blizzards. Yeah. It's like, and that's, it's like, wow has been around. And I think that's one of the reasons why wow again can also be successful in the rollouts is they have that subscription base, that constant revenue Uh, credit cards uh, is another one. It's like, it's not so much how much they pay out, but if when they're taking you know, 10 bucks from so many, you know, millions of people that, that, that adds up real quick every month. What is, uh, uh what is WoW's current player base? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, no, I don't. Uh, I, I'm curious. I want to say it was millions. Well, yeah, no. Cause when I was playing back in Lich King, I think they said it was like 11 million subscribers. And I know it's dropped off significantly. I know the last solid number I saw was six million a couple of years ago, which is still a massive number. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're still looking. They're only they they're down. They're down. Uh, looks like, uh, well, what four point eight eight million? That's still a massive number. Times how much a month? Uh, yeah, right. Times uh, what fifteen bucks a month ish. You know, plus the uh, plus the sales of the 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 expansions whenever they come out, seventy three point two million a month just in in just a in month just in, in subscription subs. fees. Now, do they do MTs now? Are they microtransactioning on? They you can get game time for gold and do do things like that, but uh oh, game and, and there are microtransactions eh, yeah that's not really a microtransaction microtransaction would be more like hey well that, short cuts on the, gold? that cuts the subscription fee and they're not doing that but i mean their microtransactions are uh change your race change your change your buy, server uh, or you're right or get uh get uh accessory like limited time or like pet, pets, little the pets and mounts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wings and shit. Nothing that actually changes all. What do they call it? Uh, uh, pay to win. Um, no, cosmetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but do they cosmetic. do they sell? They so they don't sell in-game currency. They don't sell gold no. for cash. Okay. Nope. You can farm your gold and then the gold can basically be used to, but yeah, you can use gold, farm gold in the game and use it to pay for your game time somehow. That's I interesting. That's an it. interesting trade-off on their so part. They, yeah, there, there's been a lot of push and wow to now to end gold farming. Probably I can say that like playing, the last expansion at the very end of it all by leveling up to from 40 to 50 i i easily on each character i did that you know had six thousand gold on me just leveling 10 levels like going from 
zero on one character he's already in this new expansion after he's level 55 and he's already got i think six thousand gold i have another one guy that's now just shy of 10 so they made getting gold really easy he just yeah it sounds like it because back in the day getting gold was it was work it was, it, yeah. yeah. You had to now, go out and mine uh, your stacks of Titanite or whatever, and then go and sell mm-hmm. the stacks. And yeah, you had to, you had to put in some work. So now, yeah, now gold is it's a different kind of story that way. Is you still have to do the work for it, but if you do the work, you get a whole lot more of it. You don't do the work, you get enough to basically get by for with all the, without really needing needing to work hard for in-game stuff like missions or any of those kind of things uh upgrade stuff this and that so that will be there but if you work hard you'll have money for that and a whole lot of more a whole lot more shit yeah but if you don't work you you just got you ran your dailies you ran your dailies to get repair money it's basically if you were raiding you ran you had to run your dailies every day so you had enough gold to repair now my character was solidly wealthy because I got the chest that comes along with doing the Shadowmorn quest line. And I mean, those items were so unbelievably rare. I could take them to the auction house. Like I sold the mount for like a hundred thousand gold. Right. There you and go. I sold like the tabard for 5,000. Like my guy, well, after that, my guy never had to worry about gold. Like I put like twenty thousand in my guild bank and all sorts of shit. Like I was just like, just throwing money left and like it didn't matter. Like I right. wonder he still and he still what... unless they've deleted characters he still has all of that. No, they, they, he should still be there. In fact, he depending on the work you did and the honor you got, they they certain stats they got rid of and gave people just gold for them. Um, so. It, it they it's really kind of an interesting thing they've done. It's it is a whole lot more story based, um, but I think that's just a maturing of the game, in the sense that for it to go on as long as it has, without a clear story to follow, it just becomes the same the same game over and over and over again. And so each, what I can see is at least Legion battle for Azeroth. And now this one, I don't, we'll see what happens at, at max level with this one, but they've all had a kind of a component that they've added into it. Like, uh, in Legion, you got legendary weapons that you basically filled out, maxed out. Um, and, and developed through the entire expansion. And it was the only, you know, from what I can tell, as long as you maintain the, the inscriptions or whatnot on them, uh, you could use them from the beginning of the, the expansion to the end of it and to into end game and make it, make them really kick-ass weapons. Like, and then the battle for Azeroth had this, uh, amulet that, gave specific pieces of gear perks that you would build. So 
it was sort of like the, there's just been like a little component that they've done to each expansion that has changed it in a very positive way um, that I've re- that I've really liked. I mean, Warlords, we had our garrison and uh, so that was that was really, you know, a lot. I like that component, but it wasn't it. I mean, that was just another way that they did it. It's like the weapons. It's something that you built from the very ground up. So each expansion has kind of had its own little thing. And that's kind of what I think where the story you're getting a whole lot of that from. But anyway, anyway, I liked it. I like it. It's fun. Cool. All right. Mindless running. But let's see. But we're we're also here because we're already about an hour into this. Is it time for the broom boys to come in? I don't know. It might be time for the broom boys to come in. You know, I uh, actually, you mentioned the time, so I got to bring this up. <coughs> you, um, I can't remember the exact title of last week's episode, but it was like double sized or super sized or whatever. And I went and looked <laughs> at the timestamps for all of our other episodes, and we were only like 20 minutes longer last week on a double sized episode than. Right. Uh, than we were on a quote standard episode um (laughs) just kind of double feature it was the double feature double feature Um, well that i guess that's referring to the double the double feature mandalorian reviews yeah that was that was it was kind of semi-misleading if you have listened to us before you would have been like this is the fuck they were saying this isn't like a double feature no wonder it's like i was scared this is going to be a six hour fucking show what the fuck Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, we'll no, do it. No, no. We'll do it. Don't you fucking tempt us. We'll fucking do it. We'll yeah. do a six-hour episode. Oh, do you, right? That would be like the ball drop. Episode 100, dude. We'll do a, we'll right? do a, we'll do a giant-sized anniversary. You know what we should do? We should get together on episode 100. We should actually make it, make an effort to get together. Well, COVID's going to have a lot to a, say about that, my friend, but. That's true, but we need to get together rent we're we're on episode we're almost to episode 30 here i think this is i know 27. i know i know um but we'll rent a tandem bike and then we'll do our show and and also we'll do a sh- we'll, we'll do our uh, uh web clip web clip of us on tandem and uh just oh also um while i'm thinking about it before we com- we go cut out to the broom boys um if you want to see me make an ass of myself, our Twitch has a new gameplay video posted of me on the VR um, doing obscene things. So uh, to Tony Stark's body, it's it's really quite wonderful. So I would recommend so on PlayStation anybody... Twitch on PlayStation uh, Twitch. No, as far as I know, this is on on Twitch. Just. Twitch, you go to twitch.com and look up the House of MTVG. You should be able to find Guy Time um, uh, uh, really easily. Uh, just, yeah, on Twitch, because that's where I, I look it up as I go to my main channel. Oh, okay. All um, right. So, not yep, uh, yep. is is that also the Broom Boys Twitch? Is that whenever yes, we that broadcast? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That would be the one where I, we I'm broadcast. I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not up on that broadcasting twitchy streaming thingy right i figured very deficient in that area very deficient the the vr stuff is so cool it's just i mean the the, how you can get handsy is really fun i like you know 
I tried to throw some magazines in the fire and it didn't work. So I'll leave it at that. So moving okay. on. Though, magazines in the, the fire. <laughs> right. They'll mm-hmm. have to watch. You have to watch if you want to know. So okay. moving on to the Broom Boys. It's the Broom Boys. Broom Boys. Broom Boys. Broom. Okay. It's uh, bloody and guy still. Our uh, our streak ended. That was beautiful. We had like a one episode streak where we didn't have to talk about somebody passing away. And wow! Yeah, that ended today. And the that reason sucks. the reason it's in the Broom Boys is we lost David Prowse. Now that name might not mean much to you on first listen, um, but David Prowse is hugely important to Star Wars because he was the man in the suit playing Darth Vader. He was also the man speaking the lines on set during the performances. He is the physical embodiment of Darth Vader in A New Hope, Empire, and some of Return of the Jedi. Not all of it, uh, but some of it. Uh, because they didn't, in return, it had to do with his lightsaber style. Uh, they didn't mm. find it convincing enough, and so they brought in, like, uh, a fencing expert and put him in the suit. Uh, but David Prowse passed away at the age of 85. Um, so, yeah, one one half of what makes Darth Vader Darth Vader is, is gone. Okay, my thing about that, the, and David Prowse, he was a big guy big dude jacked jacked he was a he was a bodybuilder he was a professional bodybuilder before he got into into acting um he wasn't a huge massive actor um in the sense that like his body of work is rather small um but but yeah he was darth vader but he was darth vader yeah uh, my thing about it and the reason why i bring it up is if you watch him when he walks in the Darth Vader outfit, it doesn't look corny, right? It's like it looks like this very menacing big dude that's like and, and he doesn't look kind of funny walking. In, in the armor at any point. I mean, can you think of a point where you looked at Vader when they, uh, in any of the video, and this can go to probably also obviously the director um, and the shots. Um, but did he ever look awkward in the suit? No, no, absolutely not. Um, and that's not all, that's not an easy thing to do because even the Mandalorian, that they do a great job with his fucking outfit. And it's my only critique of this week's episode. There are times where he looks a little bit funny when he's walking in a suit. He doesn't have the same prowess that obviously Vader had, or even even uh, the Boba or Jango Fett. Jango Fett um, well, I wonder if that had. was because in maybe those moments where you saw him walking funny, it was one of the stunt doubles in the suit instead of him. It, it completely, or it could have been him or it could have been him instead of one of the stunt doubles. 
Right, and we'll get we'll get completely into that a little bit more just a little bit later when we go into the show, and I'll I'll say I'll explain the part, and well because I want your your feelings on it, but that would be my one because they do such a great job with the Mandalorian, and so to get those shots where you just are left with it, it just kind of looks almost a little bit. It, it would look how I would look if I was walking in the armor. It would not look threatening or scary. It would look like this little dude wandering around in armor that's too big for him. And you're thinking to yourself, you're trying to look big and menacing, aren't you? And that was my, that is the, the biggest qualm. And that's not an easy thing to, to avoid. And Darth Vader's armor is, and Darth Vader's getup is so much even bigger than the Mandalorians. And so for him to do that and be able to, to sell that look and the walk and that commanding presence, I mean, that just speaks so much for itself beyond just oh, the yes. work that it was put on the screen. Well, and of course he was the one doing the physical gestures and the, and the body language, um, from Vader, you know, if he force choked somebody, it was obviously David Prowse's hand reaching out and all that, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Vader probably wouldn't have been him. Yeah. Vader probably wouldn't be Vader without that kind of a performance. Um, I mean, it sucks. He was 85. He lived a a very long life. Uh, not all Mm. of it happy. He did have issues with Lucasfilms in the last few years. Um, because he felt like he wasn't getting his due uh, financially from Lucas. And I think Lucas ended up banning him from anything official uh, convention wise for, uh, for appearances. He wasn't allowed to show up anymore. Um, And he wrote books and, but he did, he did go to conventions uh, that weren't Lucas affiliated. He would go there and do autographs and take pictures and whatnot. Um, but he was also, I think, has been in a wheelchair the past five, ten years. I think he's been wheelchair bound. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we don't know much about the guy because there wasn't much to know. Um, he seemed to be fairly private for the most part. And like I said, he wasn't this big prolific actor appearing in, in this massive body of work. Um, but he was in Darth Vader. I mean, and that is the role of a hundred lifetimes, not just the role of a lifetime. I mean, that is the role of a hundred lifetimes. They're the kind of character that I think every actor wants a shot to play. And And yes, he wasn't the voice. He wasn't the voice. We know James Earl Jones was, but one, I think one without the other, you wouldn't have Darth Vader. It's like, it's it's like, it's like Ray Park not doing the voice acting for Darth Maul because he didn't sound menacing enough. And, and apparently Prowse's British accent was very like chipper and pleasant. He just couldn't sound menacing because of his accent. So they went with uh, the voice of all voices, James Earl Jones. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just I just like I get down to the idea oh. that Darth Vader. Yeah, he. You just need both, and you don't have James, you don't have Vader without James Earl Jones, and you don't have Vader without uh, David Prowse. 
the two, well, look, the two look of how them weird, needed. Look how weird. Uh, Lou Ferrino. Lou Ferrino and the Hulk, man. Lou Ferrigno. Show Ferrigno. Would... Ferrigno. Not oh, Ferrino. Lou Ferrigno. Ferrigno. Sorry. Ferrigno. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno. Uh, and the Hulk, man. Without, without, without Lou, the TV show would have never made it. It, it was him. He, he really sold that Hulk role in, in the, the television show. Yeah, ever, yeah. I mean, I love the television show. Who? It's like there's a lot of people that would probably mock on it right now, but there's... It's like if you if you are a true fan of Marvel's stuff, you you love that show. Oh, I think I don't show. think there is anything but love for the Incredible Hulk, Hulk show. I think right. I think it is I think it is loved upon and beloved, and I don't think anybody says anything negative about it. Like, yeah, right. It's like it, to me, it's it's the it's another one of the ones that hit that I grew up with that I loved, like the Batman. Uh, television show so no 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 anyway batman right he comes peter on the clothesline but his name's not peter it's sorry anyway um so anyway david prowse um another legend gone rest in peace but rest in peace big man rest in peace so um uh we had an episode of the mandalorian um oh, did we have an episode of the did we have did we have the episode of the mandalorian is this the best that the that the series has ever done i think it's certainly the most important certainly the most okay. important episode the, yes, of the series by far definitely one of the the most important episodes of the series by far uh, but last episode was one of the most important of the franchise in my mind uh too because you you had it they gave you an idea of when they were started even cloning and this whole process for the emperor thing i i really honestly believe that that was that this is somehow tied into all of it um and that's that's huge for the because that that starts to really give you an idea of of everything that happened to really set up the 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 new trilogy and i i really think i you heard me say it all the way back in the the earlier episodes when the movie came out and it was panned so hard we were talking about it about how let it stand and you know if you good writers can come in and the come in from behind in the backside and fill in those gaps and they have all those years to fill in those gaps to make the story means so much more than it currently does you know? uh, yeah and i mean here i feel I'm, like this is some of it i am i am not yet sold and probably won't be sold on the whole cloning connection to anything else in star wars just based on last week's episode I, I, I don't know that there's a connection to the First Order. I don't know that there's a connection to Snoke or Palpatine. I'm just not sold on it. And so I'm not, I don't view that episode in that light. I view the episode in the light. It's the information we got about Baby Yoda in episode four that makes that episode mm-hmm. so significant to me. Um, not the whole cloning thing, because I think the cloning thing is just them trying to create dark troopers. You know, force uh, force sensitive no, stormtroopers. 
I'm like, it's the birth of the first order. It's the birth, and the, the I mean, you you learn at this point in time that that it's not just that the emp the empire doesn't still exist in little pockets and and cells. You find out there is a there is an underground functioning em- empire that is doing a whole lot more than trying to keep itself together or fight for power among itself or inside of itself, at least currently. Uh, and that was, I mean, there, I felt those were some of my, that's, I, but again, I'm also on the side of saying that's totally, we're going, I mean, they totally gave away, or we're pointing at the cloning stuff. Um, but the cloning well, stuff well, has sure. been alive and well in the Star Wars universe all the way. Um, I mean, back to the original. I mean, not the original trilogy, but I mean the the prequels. Uh, so the prequel tr- trilogy. That's obviously the clones from there. So we're ta- and we did have the. So, uh, in the in between, the original trilogy didn't have a whole lot of cloning cloning going on. Um, they just used it to explain some of the stuff here and there. I think. What the original trilogy did? They really even have a whole lot of cloning stuff, or was that a later on in Legends? No, no. They Obi Wan mentioned that he served with his with Anakin during the Clone Wars in A New Hope, and that's literally, I think, the only time the word clone is used in the original trilogy. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it, it came afterwards, and so I mean that would be, but after that, they they put it into the lore in the way that it's existed in some capacity or another and i again i was thinking it all of it led me back to looking at some of the stuff that um palpatine says that plagia plagia says um like or who he was and that that in the revenge of the sith movie when he's telling anakin all these things, and I'm still not sold that that there was that some transfer didn't happen at that point in time, uh, and that Palpatine and Sidious aren't somehow still. I'm still somehow on the idea that Palpatine and Sidious are still potentially uh, Plagueis. Um, I know I shouldn't be, but I just all of it just kind of brought back new questions as far as even down to who made Anakin because I I'm beginning to think that I don't think Sidious made Anakin. Uh I mean the only the only thing remotely detailing that is that panel in that comic book which we've talked about and- before. And the uh, and the artist said no, I would. That was that's not what that means. I was just that was had the control that Sidious has over Anakin's life. That's not to imply that he was impregnating her. Or well, then I mean he should have he should have drawn it better. He should have made that Agreed. more clear. Um, because that panel did, makes it look like it. 
that panel makes it look like that he was absolutely responsible for Anakin's creation. And in fact, yep. I think other sources have come out and later said that, yes, actually Palpatine is responsible, but that's, that's a whole nother, now that's a whole I'm nother on, broom. That's a whole nother right. broom boy segment, my friend. There, Yes. No, it's just timeline and time frame and all that, but which gets, it's, yes, it is another broom boys. And I think part of it is, uh, uh, and I'll actually, I won't use his name yet because, but we find out the child's name, but some of that is actually has brought, brought to new light because of the child and, and some of the stuff that's happened in the last two episodes, but <clears throat> moving on with this one. Yeah. Well, hold on. I just, I want to go on for the record and say one more time, I am not sold on any connection with the first order and the Mandalorian. I have zero, zero belief in the connection. And the only, the biggest thing I will lean on to state that is we clearly saw cloning labs on Exegol with copies of Snoke. So, um, given that that base on Navarro was also destroyed, they would have lost everything there. Um, I just, I don't see the connection. Uh, right. And we'll, well, I'm sure we'll find out. I'm sure we'll find out. But... Actually, I doubt we will. I honestly don't. I, I personally, and this is just a personal feeling. I don't know that Favs and Filoni have ever made a huge public statement about how they feel about any of the sequel trilogy movies, but I would be willing to put money on the fact that Filoni has issues. Given his pedigree as a Star Wars knowledge nerd, I think I think he would probably, if you put a gun to his head, have some things to say. I, um, I think so too. I agree. But that I also think part of Filoni and Fav's thing is if they see it and they think they can fix it, I think they're going to take an opportunity and not fix it just because they want to, but because the story in the moment presents itself organically. That's the one of the things that I love the most about the Mandalorian is the story definitely feels to develop so organically. And some of the little minute details that you see two episodes or a season ago come back to be so relevant and so important in just an instant that I, I would I would be shocked to say that there isn't some form of storytelling going on that is inclusive of the whole universe where it's been where it is and where it's going and they know where it's going, whether they like it or not. And so the question is, can they make where it's going palatable for both them and even for everybody else that might not have enjoyed it so much? I, I so. don't I personally don't feel like that is even a thought in their head that oh After hey the clone let's... wars and the, how they went out with the clone wars uh, they gave us dude they they gave us what we wanted as fans sure sure they gave us what we feloni gave us what we wanted as fans mm -hmm. with the show and the characters that he had complete creative control over now that being said 
I don't feel like Filoni or Favreau or even anybody at Disney feels like the Mandalorian is the platform to quote unquote fix the rise of Skywalker or the sequel trilogy. Because here's the thing. I don't think fix here's them, the thing. but I Here, here's the thing though. Here's the reason why. Financially, the sequel trilogy is a done deal. They've they've made their money that they're ever gonna make off of that. And mm-hmm. fan wise, those movies uh, Force Awakens, I think, is fairly polarizing in the fact that most people seem to really dig it. Last Jedi and Rise are very divisive. Very, very, very divisive. Um, and I think they have a thought or a feeling, especially since none of the actors involved in those movies seem to want to ever have anything to do with Star Wars ever again. That, hey, it's done. It's in the rear view. Let's let's tell new stories. Because any, I, I think... any connections that they make in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. aren't typically these huge, like, they're lassoing, they're hooking themselves onto another body part of another story. It's minute little little feelers or tendrils that are linking and connecting the, the, the things. It's not, it's not anything massive. Um, because they are focused on the story of Din Djarin and they need to be, um, they need, this is, this is his show. I mean, if they, if they want to, to explore that avenue of, of patching holes in the star Wars dam, then they need to make another show for that. Because frankly, I don't know. I think they would burn up a couple of seasons of the Mandalorian trying to patch up, the uh, uh trying to patch I up the the prequel trilogy dam no i see i in some ways yes in some ways no i i think they don't need to do a whole lot explaining how or what or or as far as or well not okay not why not how necessarily how was it done but overall i think that they can patch up things by explaining the the there's things in the background that are going on that that they want to answer it's why all of a sudden bring up the m counts midichlorian count midichlorians why why bring that up even if it's not necessarily everybody's favorite thing in star wars stuff um Filoni well because did it, work on the the start be, the start stuff um, because it's it, canon because it, it's canon like it and or it not, midi chlorians are canon, and it explains why they want Baby Yoda. And explain, and so if that ties into the whole story, and they can use the whole story to sort of explain those things as they go along, I I think they'll take it. They've already used uh, Ahsoka from both uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. the 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 chance that it we're either going to see Boba or uh, potentially Rex or whatever, whoever uh, Timur ends up coming back. Um, unless that cameo was really it. Um, I mean, that I cameo might just be saving up because they've only got three episodes left. That right. cameo might just have been like, uh, oh, hey, here he is. And then that's something they're going to address next season. We right. don't know. So we don't know. Because, so, right. I mean, as far as we know, he has no way of getting off of Tatooine. And even if he did, he's got no way of, of hunting Din Djarin down. 
and tracking him and, down to get his armor back. I mean, he might not even be aware of who he actually is. Yeah, right. And and so there's there's a lot of that stuff that still exists in the whole thing. Or maybe that was the, just that's the setup and the hook for everybody in the Boba Fett show, if they go show. Um, so I I don't know, but I I feel like there's what you have is you have an existing you have the universe existing in the background. I feel like Gideon's overall reasonings revolve around the emp empire still and the emperor and so whether we like it or not we ultimately will see how he's been operating and what the plan is even if that fails and we get off of him and he goes off to trying to breed another uh make another anakin or find you know uh, like luke realize luke and offspring had a higher m counts and so he changes his direction after all this. I feel like it in the background they're going they're going to answer and play this idea that you have to realize this is this is where it fits into this bigger picture. And some of these little things like explaining where this is and where that is explains the bigger picture as far as where the whole universe is without actually having to address with anybody what's going on because it's like the the clone wars once they identified where in the in the uh uh revenge of the sith it was taking place you that was that in itself was was just huge so i i don't know i yeah, I but guess that, I'm just but that was also necessary that had to that had to happen in, which in the Clone Wars cartoon. Into, it had and, to happen. Which, which brings into interesting stuff that actually still plays into the Mandalorian that happened in the Clone Wars and before and and I mean up until uh, the Clone Wars show, Anakin didn't actually have an apprentice except for the unless you the video game that came along. Um, in there, uh, and he had Starkiller, but Ahsoka was something that came in this after everything, and yes, in the in the Clone Wars animated movie is where Ahsoka and then they had to ex- try to explain why she was never brought up in the actual in any of the movies, you know, like around it because well, I mean, there uh, was they only would have had the opportunity to do it in Revenge of the Sith. Which right. predates, which predates by a couple of years that Clone Wars movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but that's credit to Filoni for crafting the story in in the way that it needed to be crafted in order for it to make sense. And so some of this, I think, is some of what we're seeing may be. I mean, there. I think there's explanations that are still yet to happen, and some of the explanations as far as what the emperor is doing right now could help explain stuff in the wrapped up in the past that are people are still curious as as far as Anakin and all those kind of things. I mean, we don't even so know I'm, that the emperor I'm not is ruling it out. We don't even know that the emperor has awakened yet. Don't nope. You're absolutely right. And, and so again, could I be mean, trying to awaken him. I I, I view I view Gideon. Gideon doesn't seem to be answering to anybody. Everybody seems to be answering to him. 
So I'm, I view him as like he's the highest in command of the Empire that's left. And he's he's doing what Admiral Thrawn did in his original appearances in the books, which are now legends. Mm. Is okay. He is gathering the Imperial forces that he can gather. He is trying to grow his forces because it's literally what Thrawn did was he started cloning an army to man these all these ships and weapons that he was getting his hands on. I view Gideon as kind of taking that 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 position currently in in the Mandalorian is he is he's not done fighting the war. He doesn't want to be a warlord. He wants to rebuild the empire and rule it himself. That's what I view him as doing is I don't get the impression that he's answering to a higher authority or higher power because in his mind, he is that higher. He is the highest authority that's left. He's not done with the war. He thinks they can still win. And he's may he's taking steps to see that it happens. Um, I, I think one event we might see on the Mandalorian that would connect to the prequel trilogies is the battle of Jakku. Uh, because okay. if you remember in force awakens, there's all those wrecked ships from that battle. And that was supposed to be like the empire's final stand. So maybe that's already happened. And the, Re- and the Republic thinks that it's, it's won and it's secure in it's victory, or maybe it's yet to happen. And maybe we'll get to see some of that. Maybe the battle you know, of that Jakku. That would be a good one. That would be a great one. I would be okay with that. That would be that. a great time with, tie-in. I, but that's that's what I mean. I, I feel like that this is just, we're getting a moment, and mine is the only, what I'm familiar with was, the, and it lo- I thought it looked like Snoke in the container. That was just my opinion. Um, again, I, I you know, I looked, I looked a couple of times, and it's, it almost just seems like a blob, like an amorphous blob, where there are features, but you can't really tell what they are and you know i mean mm-hmm. yes I you could probably i mean i think it's a stretch but i mean if 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 you want to have the opinion that that is snoke in the in the tank cool that's that's fine that's a perfectly valid opinion i just don't agree with it um, yeah no no absolutely we know and we'll find out we'll find out that's the fun part or not so, because the the base was destroyed, and so they're like they can't show us that particular clone again. No, no, there, and I don't mean specifically that clone, but I think that there's an answer that that it will rest the case as far as clearly what was going on there and what he was doing. And once we get that answer, it will really quickly explain who it was, whether it was a trooper, whether it was. Uh, Snoke clone whether he was trying to clone the Emperor what he was doing exactly and and that's what I mean by it will find out is because it's not like you're going to get to Gideon and they're going to be like yeah we destroyed your base and he's going to be like ah yeah and they're going to be like well what were you doing there and he's going to be like I'm not going to tell you and now I'm dead uh yeah and, I mean I don't know I, I maybe was, he will <laughs> I was thinking that we would see a conclusion to Gideon's storyline this season, but I I have a feeling that Gideon might be the big bad for a while yet. Uh, well, okay, well, let's get into this because it could be that he's being again controlled behind the scenes, and if this is all the stuff that Thrawn did before, 
Um, maybe maybe he's pulling the strings. But let's get to the episode because um, we all we also know that Bo-Katan is looking for Gideon, right? Yes, Bo-Katan is also looking for Gideon, but which will certainly which will certainly play a factor at some point, and whether it's this season or a future season. Somebody else is looking for somebody else, though, and that's where we're going to get to right now. Yes. So we open up the open episode up the show. five, season two, episode, episode five. five. The Jedi is the title of the episode. And the Jedi. We all know what Jedi that is. It's been teased for a couple of weeks now, uh, and we we knew because Filoni was directing this episode that this was the most likely time for Ahsoka Tano, played by the amazing and great Rosario Dawson, to make her live-action appearance. And what an introduction to a character that you and I are very familiar with, but a lot of other people might know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, um, you know, because you would have to have really paid attention to the Clone Wars to know Ahsoka. And... There's a lot and of people I, who were like, that was a cartoon. I didn't watch it. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, you know, we. It exists canon in as much canon and relevance as this live action and as the movies as, I mean, that's a cartoon or not. It, it's, it's the it's relevance is there. One billion. In fact, it, it's one of the most relevant Star Wars pieces of canon in existence. Like it is a. Yes. It is a massive seven season show. And that, I got to admit, dude, by the end of it, I really honestly felt like it was about Ahsoka. It really was. I mean, it was about it was probably equally Ahsoka. Actually, no, two thirds Ahsoka, one third Anakin and all the others. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and maybe they had their know, home there and they had there. There was there was definitely growth in character and explain and there was a humanizing anakin that happened you know uh turning and turning him into kind of a hero even though you know he's gonna go totally rogue villain yeah no the the anakin we see in the clone wars is an incredibly likable version of anakin like you can understand why he was who he was better be if you watch the Clone Wars, and then of course you can un- you gain insight into Obi Wan and Yoda and Mace Windu, and Count Dooku and Darth Maul has an amazing story arc in the Clone Wars. Right, um, the Clone Wars is very important, very very important, and needs to be recognized. And if you haven't watched it, uh, it's all on Disney Plus, including the movie that launched the the show is also on Disney Plus. You can you can scope it all out in your own time or read a wiki or whatever. It's up to you. But that's that's where Ahsoka came from. She's the creation of Dave Filoni via the Clone Wars animated movie slash show. And was Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. Forced mm-hmm. on him, she for she was he they made her take a Padawan because of the war. Um which he was resistant to, but over time, they became insanely close. Uh, brother and sister sort of relationship, almost maybe a, maybe yeah. a father-daughter to an extent. He had a nickname for her. He called her Snips. Um, but yeah, they were close. And she was also yeah. very close with Obi-Wan. 
and with Yoda and with with a lot of the other. She was a hero of the Republic. Um, and the clones loved her and she loved the clones, um, which you see illustrated exceptionally well in in the last season of the Clone Wars in season seven. It's it's beautiful. In fact, the yeah, the, they, the they admiration do. that the clones the have for her that they do is great. It's phenomenal. I mean, really, really, they they nailed it. They they really Filoni told a great story. And I think he I mean, really, in the end of it, like we said, I mean, he he definitely gave a huge amount of new chops and to um, the Clone Wars. And it was at that point in time, we also started saying in, in Favs and Filoni, we trust. Yeah, 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 because Filoni is always he's kind of a behind the scenes guy. He's not. He worked you know, with Fav- Lucas since the uh, the prequel trilogies. Yeah, and Favreau, you know, has been an actor and a director for a very long time. We're used to seeing him on screen. We know what he looks like. We know what he sounds like. Um, so it's much easier to pay attention to him. But Filoni has been this champion for Star Wars for a very long time, and especially when it comes to the prequel area, he is the champion. And him and Favreau joining creative forces, it's probably the best thing that has ever happened for Star Wars. Um, yeah. Because you have two geniuses who understand story and storytelling. And one of them is like a walking databank of Star Wars knowledge. And Favreau is just this, and that's Filoni, and Favreau is just this visionary who yeah. gets it. Um, and, well, and he he understand he pushes the limits of what what production techniques can do. He was the guy that started really pushing this the whole VR or not the v, but the video game processing and engines for and, and what are they called the vault or, or what is that room that they have? Um, oh anyway. God, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch the gallery again. But to, that, uh, to catch that the name right there, yeah, that right there though, that's that's a huge amount of that Filoni's baby. I mean, he he did those techniques in the what the Jungle Book and a couple other movies before that, and they really perfected it. And then they've really perfected it for the Mandalorian and what they've been doing there. It's really and it really is pretty cool what they're what they how they've changed motion pictures that way i mean they've created the next way of making movies and motion pictures and i'm pretty sure it's going to become the standard especially in a covid era where you need to protect your crew and your your talent why not do it on an isolated soundstage where you have minimal exposure to everything and you don't have to travel a lot to go to this location and that location and you know you don't have to you build. send somebody send somebody there to take lots of pictures and get uh, so you and can topographical build a details and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean right, it's... and then you just drop it. Then you drop yourself wherever you want into that scene. It's like it's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing. Anyway, it's incredible. Um, it's incredible. Anyway, so the episode and we saw opens. that play out kind of. We did with we Ahsoka. Did. We absolutely did, but uh, we start on a 
on a planet which I guess we assume is Corvus, right? That that was the name of the planet that they gave. Yeah. Corvus. Yeah, and it's and all swampy and it looks like it's been burnt down by a forest fire. Yeah. Like it's yeah, ravaged. Yeah. It's very it's destroyed. It's very desolate, but and it's foggy and misty and we see these soldiers in masks uh with, you know, big blaster rifles and they're obviously hunting somebody or someone and then very quickly we see the hunted become or the hunting the hunters, the hunters become, the hunted. become the hunted and we see a That's pair we see a pair of white lightsabers <laughs> um first time that color has been on display in live action uh and wielded. it was a little bit interesting did you i mean were you interested at this point point and wondering uh where she got two lightsabers from? Uh, I know it comes up in Rebels. I believe it's explained in in Rebels, but okay. I haven't taken the time to go and look. Um, Got it. But yeah, so she. I have to check that out. She's basically doing guerrilla warfare, using her lightsabers in the Force and hit and run and stealth and become being very ninja like. And it also. Was the the on off on off on off it was like, yeah well i mean the glow would give away her position so i understand her her methodology there but but have you seen it done no before like that? No, no 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 but i, I mean i understood the methodology is all i was me saying. too totally um, i just had stealth. never seen a jedi do that at any in any like film well, Be it cartoony or not, I just hadn't seen the on-off stealthy version. I don't know that I want to call her a Jedi because she was not holding. There was no Jedi restraint on display. She was dropping no. bodies. She was she actively was. <laughs> hunting and killing these guys yes, in pursuit was. of her. I'm not saying it's not justified, but the aggressiveness in which she took these guys down. Um, there was, yeah, was there was not no very Jedi like it was, you know, she could have knocked them out or disarmed them, destroyed their weapons. She was just cutting them down. And we see her progressing as she's just literally cleaving a path through these soldiers to a to a walled city where she's met by more guns. Uh, she's met by two new characters. One of them played by Michael Bean, who mm-hmm. makes his guest appearance. We announced it when, you know, a long time ago we heard that he was coming. Um, they don't give a name for him, but he is apparently like the head of the security or the army for a character referred to as the magistrate, uh, whose real name uh, or the character's name was Morgan Elzebeth, I believe is how they pronounced mm-hmm. it. Yep. Morgan Elzebeth. Morgan Elzbeth. Elzbeth. There's Morgan no Elzbeth. Elzbeth, yes. Um, played by a fairly legendary martial artist and stunt woman named Diana Lee Inosanto. Um, but we'll do more on her later because I have a neat little piece that I read about her that I want to share. Um so they have a negotiation where Rosario or Ahsoka is basically like she wants her to give up her master. Um, and then she, the, the magistrate says, how many lives 
is this information worth you? One, 10, 100? And then Rosario ultimatum, you have a day, one day to decide to give me the information or whatever. And then we cut away from her and we, uh, you know, we get the title sequence, the wonderful music, the, you know, the title card. Um, And then we cut to Mando and Baby Yoda in the Razorcrest. And And Baby Yoda's uh, going after that ball again. Going after the knob, the knob on the gear the shift, knob, I yeah. guess, or gear shift. Or it's not a gear shift. It's, not, it's the, not like he needs to throw yeah. it in reverse, you know, and he's popping the clutch. Yeah, and it's that. The, I don't know what it is, but it reminds like me of a gear shift. Speed switch or whatever. I don't know. It, it reminds fucking, me of a, gear, like shift. a gear shift. I mean, you and I dr- have shift. driven stick shift before. I know a lot of the younger generation probably hasn't, but yeah, it looks like a gear it's shift a gear knob shift. to me. It's a gear shift. Um, it's a gear shift. So he's, he says he's picked up a beacon, probably for the city, and, uh, you know, he uh, he makes Baby Yoda go and sit in his seat as they're coming into land, but we see little Baby Yoda reaches out with the force, cookie-thieving style, <laughs> and you see that Man. knob, that ball start unthreading from that, uh, from that handle. Um and they land, you know, no uh, no drama, no no issues. They land safely. They're uh, they're getting off the ship, and uh, seemed like a throwaway moment. But uh, Mando discovers that Baby Yoda has that that ball, and says, "I told you to leave this on the ship." And he takes it from him, and then uh, picks Baby Yoda up and puts him in his little satchel, and then begins trekking towards the city. Oh. Yep, and then you know, and this is it, in typical scene, in t- typical fashion. He gets into the city, and you know, and you get the whole. This is oh, and this is by the way when he enters the city at, after telling the guys at the front, you know, what he's there for and all whatnot. Um, you get when he's walking through the the street. It just first enters the city. And this is the scene where <clears throat> I didn't like the cinematography of how he was walking. That it was just not intimidating gait. It was like it was more like I have to hold my arms out at a weird angle because I have too much stuff around my waist. Um Yeah, yeah. I don't um that's that was my that's my one complaint about the whole episode so don't don't yeah no no, like, no 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 oh, no i can't uh, believe you said that it's like that was that was the only thing i only critique <laughs> this uh this episode i know they've called this show for a while they've referred to it as kind of a uh a space western this one really felt space westerny or or just plain old westerny at times and this was kind of that kind of had that moment you know he's the strangers meandering into town and the sheriff you know the marshal or whatever is like what are you doing here you know yeah they they have the little the little verbal throwdown or the little verbal challenge and then you know he's kind of casually making his way up main street looking for whatever it is he's looking for there you know we see a lot of Mando later in the episode does a lot of drawing and shooting from the hoster, which is kind of a typical old Western um, mm-hmm. thing, you know, where they would shoot and hoster and shoot and hoster to do the quick draw stuff. 
Not the most efficient way to have a gunfight, by the way. You, you, you keep your gun out till the fight's done. But, but movie-wise, it's kind of a fun little affect of him quick drawing and zapping people. And holy crap, dude, he is quick. He's very quick. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on that towards the end of the episode. Um, he gets to the the magistrate's gate after talking to some civilians he's he's grabbed by some some of the soldiers and they said hey the magistrate wants to see you uh they haul him haul him in there i mean it's not like they're dragging him they're not being they're not manhandling him he's just walking with him and he we see some citizens in like shock cage things and like one of them says help me and gets zapped immediately and that shuts him up uh, but we get in and we he gets a uh, face to face with uh, with the magistrate uh, with Morgan and, Elsbeth, right? And she wants him obviously to go kill the Jedi. Uh, and what does he? And, what does she offer as payment? Because he says oh, multiple times right. how expensive he is. Yes, and she looks at him, and that. Pulls out, I mean, from her HK assassin droid. Uh, was an awesome, awesome moment. Um, HK 87s, they are. Yep. Um, anyway, she gets an entire spear made of Beskar. And not each, when I say entire spear, I mean from... Um, seven feet tall, probably? Yeah, seven feet, wouldn't you say? It's huge. Uh, it's huge. And haft and blade, everything, 100% Beskar. And so you know that that was probably at least the same amount that what? Made a good his chunk suit? of his armor. Oh, yeah. Right? Probably his entire suit. Um, I like how he tested it against his armor. That chime, that sound when he went boom, like, like oh, he knows mm-hmm. this is how he tells what Beskar is because it has a very distinct sound. Right. And yeah, the whole And we learned some stuff about specifically Beskar and I mean we'll go later on and I mean further on in the show. Yes, yeah, super important stuff, you, stuff. Yeah. When we talked we had actually talked about it just recently, but you yeah, did. It's you like, did. You did because it was something that in legends was true, but we had no no way to know if it was still true or not in um, right and in current sure canon. Enough. In current canon, but yeah. Um. So, so he, he basically gets, agrees to it, right? Yeah, I mean, and, yep, and and gets uh gets directions from uh, Michael Bean's character Johnny Ringo. If you've uh, <laughs> seen Tombstone, he he played played doc. He played uh played Johnny Ringo, the you know the bad guy, the main foil to Doc Holliday. Of course, he was in Aliens. He was Corporal Hicks. He was in the original Terminator and played Kyle Reese. Uh, he's been in The Abyss. He's been in a bunch of movies. Um, the Rock. He was in The Rock. Um, big action star. Big staple. Uh, I like him as an actor a lot. And, I mean, it kind of was weird was to see him. interesting. This character was a lot of the same. Like, I mean, in The Rock, you remember how we were talking about him in The Rock and... We actually just talked about The Rock recently with uh, Sean Connery. Um, but remember we were talking about he was kind of more misunderstood in The Rock. He kind of like it was... Uh, well, in, was... no, in The Rock he played the he played uh, the, the commander of the Navy SEAL team that went in with, 
with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery to try to to try to stop the general and was killed. You remember they they oh, came okay. out of the they came out of the ground uh, in the showers. Oh, like through a drain in the yeah. showers and then all the marines were up top encircling them and then somebody ended up sh- uh, somebody ended up shooting and it turned into a massacre. Yeah, he he was one of the navy seals in in uh in the rock. In fact, uh, I was listening to a podcast where an actual Navy SEAL was talking and Michael Bean came up um, because Michael Bean was also in the movie Navy SEALs with uh, Charlie Sheen back in the day. And they said they said Michael Bean is basically at this point an honorary Navy SEAL because he's played the role so many times. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, God. But so obviously, but I I think I like it's just he does such a good, good um almost a misunderstood bad guy like not not i don't want to say he's misunderstood but it's like i really got the feeling that this guy was just he was just a mercenary yeah yeah he's literally a hired gun just a hired gun and he played it perfectly i i mean i that's how i felt from the beginning to the end seemed very Um, disinterested in in much like wasn't affected emotionally one way or the other by much of anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Was just there doing what he was paid to do. Didn't yep. seem like yep. he was particularly scared of the magistrate. Um, just seemed like but, hey, he's yeah. he's the head of of the of whatever the security, the military forces, and you know he's just doing his thing. Yep. As long as he, as long as she's happy, then he's happy because he's not, you know, she's 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 happy, and she she's not happy, then he could die, and then so keep her happy. Um, that's how I just guys I kind of felt about the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, I I like him. Just, it's 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 I, I mean, I enjoy his portrayal of Johnny Ringo, but seeing Michael Bean play playing a bad guy is just always kind of weird for me. Hmm. I don't. I didn't feel like he was a bad guy. I just felt like he was true neutral. Yeah, and somebody gave yeah, him enough no. money. Law, lawless neutral, maybe something or right something. He was like they. It's like whatever worked out for him in the best in the end is the way he would go. Um, but anyway, and so you got the Mandalorian, and he asked obviously. Uh, uh, Bean's character asks about the baby, and he's just like. It's a pet or something. Oh, I keep him around for luck. I keep him around uh-huh. for luck. And then he goes, well, you're going to need it where you're going. <laughs> and then Mando starts on his way. Takes off. Because uh, she hires it. She, he's hired to kill Ahsoka, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, he obviously has no intention of doing because he's only on this planet because of her. Um, trying to find her. <laughs> trying to find her. So this is... Uh, you know, it's convenient a convenient way for him the to discover. Authorities off of him, right? Yeah, and a convenient way for him to figure out where she's at. So he, um, you know, he walks. They walk for an unknown amount of time. It doesn't seem like it's that long. Um, and he said, "Well, these are the coordinates." Interesting thing, though, if they know where she's at coordinate-wise, why why aren't they all out there like actively hunting her? Right, I think. My guess is there's a the the bit of, um. They know she could kick everybody's ass except potentially the magistrates. 
Right. And maybe it's the we don't want to fight her on her ground sort of thing, possibly. Yeah, but it was the, a little weird. Just a little fog weird. and everything. Yeah, the, just a little weird tactics. that they're like they seem to know where she's chilling and they're not actively like going, going out to her. try to stop her. Yeah. Or have well, something bigger. Yeah, well, and especially when you consider when Mando later when they were planning their coordinated attack, he was like it's a lot of firepower even for your laser swords to handle. <laughs> we yeah. got another another use of laser swords in Star Wars. That was pretty neat. That was nice. Um well, anyway, so he's But yes, he let's find the coordinates and Let's get to the real the real talk of the episode. All the other the fun part. Yes. Um, well, and then this is really kind of where it really starts. All of a sudden you see Ahsoka comes out again and she's, she's attacking him. Yeah. No warning either. No, like no confrontation, just ambushes him. Yep. Ambushes him. And he, he puts baby Yoda down on the log cause he heard a noise, but it turned out to be some giant creature off in the distance. But then she mm-hmm. legit ambushes him. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment you find out that yes, Beskar can block lightsabers. Uh um, with no ill effects, it would appear. Yes. His yeah, armor showed crosses. no damage. No no yep. effects. He he crosses yep. his arms like he takes two lightsaber blades to his arms and it's not even a thing. Yeah. So, now in between obviously the armor is uh you could cut his cut his neck <laughs> through pretty easily. Yeah, they don't seem to take much many measures to protect the the neck, but they all seem to have a a scarf or a cloak around that. Right. So something. Um. Anyway, so they they fun fight scene. That was a pretty really fun fight scene that they had. Yeah, short, kind of short, kind of a stalemate too. I mean, Ahsoka, I would give the edge slightly to Ahsoka, um, but but mostly a stalemate. You know, she she gets in some shots with her lightsabers that he blocks, and then he uh, wraps her up with his his little grapple. And then she jumps over a tree limb and starts dragging him up. And then he he clips it before he gets too high and then hits the ground. Lightning quick draws his blaster, but then speaks her name. Ahsoka Tano. We hear her name said for the first time in live action. Um, and then he, you know, Bo-Katan sent me to find you. We need to talk. And you see her gaze isn't on Mando at this point. It's on, it's our, on- our favorite little green friend. And she says, I hope it's about him. And she puts her lightsabers away and is walking, I mean, in awe, uh, reverently. Like, there's, she has a look on her face and in and, and, and her body language. She has a very real and strong reaction to seeing baby Yoda. I mean, for obvious reasons, she knew Yoda, but... Uh, I okay, and I'm gonna posit this because I think she might know. Him. I think she might know the child. You th- oh, like she encountered him in the temple at some point. Like they were yeah. younglings together. Mm-hmm. Something. I like it's that. Yeah. very. I mean, time wise, timeline wise, it would be very, very likely. She would be um, older than him, I think, or now, at least. It, if we find out, here's the other thing. What if we find out that the purpose of Anakin going and wiping out the younglings has something to do with the name of the with with the the child? 
Baby Yoda. I mean, super possible. Super possible. I mean, um, it, the only reason I say that is because if we find out the Emperor was involved, if the Emperor is somehow involved, even in episode number four, and that's why Gideon wants the child, then at that point in time, if or if we find out that the Emperor wanted the child, say, from the temple... Those two things both support the idea that the child and all that kind of stuff are a whole lot more important to, I mean, I if one of them becomes true, I'm almost on the side of saying both of them could be very true because it sounds like he never lost his fixation for finding the child or something is driving them to want the child for a very long time. Right, and I whether think, it's the emperor or it's Gideon or it's something else, there is something that they've been wanting since potentially the temple, all the way back in Revenge of the Sith, they've wanted this child for. Well, I mean, we all know how powerful Yoda became, and if this kid is even remotely close to being as powerful as Yoda, potentially, that is probably a threat that they would want eliminated. Um, you, because the only thing worse than one Yoda for the empire is two Yodas. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, it could just be as simple as that. And I hope we find out, I hope they tell us everything. I hope every question anybody could ever think of is answered when it comes to him. But, but uh, you but find one, out he's at the, t- at the temple because of Ahsoka, what she says. Yes. Which I was about to get to, yep. um, because we do learn one thing we get, we get a scene with its Mando kind of pacing off in the background and Ahsoka and the child are just sitting there kind of staring at each other and they're doing, you know, little your baby Yoda making his chirps. And, you know, what I don't know another word for it, chirps. And Ahsoka's kind of smiling and moving her head. There's some neat little expression in the body language. And then uh Mando says, are can you talk to him? Can you understand him? And, you know, this is when we learn that, yes, she can communicate with him. Yes, he was raised in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and, you know, was hidden after the Clone Wars. But we also learn his name. Right. Um, Now we have three we have three uh, Yoda species because we still don't have a name for the species. Mm hmm. In existence, Yoda, Yaddle, and now, drum roll. I'm going to drum roll and you can announce the name, okay? Gorgu. Gorgu. So, the only Gorgu. one without a Y name, Gro, uh, yeah, Grogu. 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 Uh, Gro- yes, I put. I turned on subtitles so I could see it. Sorry, excuse me. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu, There, there yes. you go. Failed on the drum roll. Um, sorry, okay. my, my brain is still back in the Grogu. Um there is another thing that potentially that we don't know is if Ahsoka remembers him from the temple, it's possible that she wasn't communicating with him more than feeling his emotion and that everything she told the Mando had to do with what she knew of him from the temple. Well, I'm I'm not saying that it was, but I'm I mean, I don't if, see why she wouldn't. I don't see why she wouldn't say that she knew who he was. 
if that was the case. She has no reason to hide that. Um, she's open and revealing everything else. Um, I just I didn't get the impression that she knew him, especially because of the whole the way she reacted when seeing him, like because she said, I've only known one other of his species, a great master named Yoda. So there's an interesting fact, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yaddle, Yaddle was dead, apparently, before Ahsoka came to the temple. Mm hmm. So that is it. yes. So that's an interesting little fact. She never met Yaddle. Um, of course, we never really meet Yaddle either. We just see her on screen. We don't know no, much yeah, about her. I think her. she she was dead after after Phantom. She died somewhere Phantom. after Phantom yeah. and before Attack. Um, yes. Um, but she said know. he was he was trained by many masters and taken from the temple at the end of the Clone Wars. But it all goes dark at that. But point it all in time. goes dark. Which was his? She said, "What his memories are dark, or something to that effect, right?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I kind of what I don't, what I didn't know is if he didn't remember, or was it just dark times? Right. Yeah. They. they it could. It could be either way. It really could. And I hope that is a another question that's answered. But you know, we get kind of a you know, because Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda. He's adorable, right? But we get yeah. Mando. Mando's using his name, Gorgu, and you see Baby Yoda like, eh, you know, like an infant when he starts to recognize his name, um, you know, responding to his name. Yeah. And Grogu, and he's Grogu? like, Grogu? it's like, and every time it's like he pops his name up, and he's like, hey kid, use his name, Grogu, and it's like, snap. Yeah. Um, and then he asks Ahsoka at, at, towards the end of their conversation, well. I, I know I brought him here for you so you can train him. He's already well, using I, this for stuff. Yeah. Well, no. Well, she, what was oh, it? Oh, yeah, she tested. Was... Did she test? No, that was the next morning. Cause she said, we'll go to sleep and I'll test him in, or let him. Cause he falls asleep on the log, but she says, yes. um, she asks him, she goes, can he still use the force? And he goes, his powers. And then she goes, her, his, the Force gives she him his powers. The and then she explains yeah. the Force in the same way that Obi-Wan explained it to Luke, which I thought was, it was awesome. It was a perfect way. If you're going to explain the Force well, to somebody who doesn't know about the Force, use that exact dialogue from A New Hope. Well, because Obi-Wan used that, used that uh, didn't he also use it to explain it to Anakin? Or Qui-Gon used it to explain it to Anakin? Um, I can't remember the exact. Well, no, because midi chlorians were brought into the into the conversation. I think at that point. Okay. Is the midi chlorians okay. are symbiotes that let us hear the will of the force or whatever? Like the midi chlorians are like the gateway to the force. Now they don't create the force, but they're the they're the. If you have a high enough count, you can hear it, or something. Yeah. We don't need yeah. to go down the the midi chlorian. Yeah, hole. no. That's the only reason show. I was the only reason I was thinking is because um, Ahsoka would have learned it from um, Anakin, and yes, Anakin yes. would have learned it from Obi Wan. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of like I mean, it's really interesting because the, I think that's the other part. I think this is uh, this gets back to Filoni and Duel of the Fates uh, and and the Phantom Menace. That, that specific part, that idea, if Qui-Gon had lived, 
Um, obviously, he was he would have been Anakin's uh, master, not yes. Obi Wan. And Obi Wan ended up being the master. The, I mean, master for both Luke and Anakin. When there's potential that you know everything would have been different had been Qui Gon been at least at the helm of Anakin. And then, well, I mean, I loved the way Filoni put it, where he said it was something to this effect. I'm not quoting it exactly, but that Qui Gon would have been the father Anakin needed. Obi Wan was the brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, Obi Wan never became that father figure to Anakin that that Qui Gon was and would have been, and and that was what Anakin and that was all was and that, and Anakin wanted and needed a father. Um, mm-hmm. And instead, his father became Palpatine, essentially. Yep. And that was, that was, yeah. And that was kind of, that, yeah. It, it had everything gone differently. But now, instead, you got Obi-Wan, who was, I mean, his connection with, for, with everybody in, in the later episodes of Star Wars. Um he, he it's like what you were saying he is probably one of the most important jedi it's kind of like yoda being as important as he is because he helped train <laughs> pretty much all of them yeah um, well in the in the now legends revenge of the sith revenge of the sith revenge of the sith <laughs> novelization um there's a paragraph that basically points at obi-wan and says if you are a Jedi Master or a Jedi Knight and you have a Padawan and you need an example to show your Padawan of what a Jedi should be, you pointed at Obi-Wan. That in his time, he was the ultimate Jedi. Obi-Wan, yep. not Anakin. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was the, Obi-Wan. Was, the, was the standard for what a Jedi should be during the Clone Wars and was held up as that example. Um I can't I wait for that Obi Wan show, dude. I can't wait for that Obi Wan show. Me neither. Me neither. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Anyway, but back to this. Um, um, she te- so they go to sleep. She wakes up, and Ahsoka goes to test Grogu. Uh, Gorgu. I'm dude. I'm gonna have a hard time adjusting to calling him by his name. Right. But, um, but I. But I think we need to. I think we're. I think. I think we're gonna hear it a lot. I, I think it's also important at this point in time because we find something out at this point. She goes to test him and, and tries to get him to play force pushy with a rock. And so she can't she force pushes the rock towards him and wants him to return it and she and and Grogu won't do it. And then so she tells the Mando, she, she's like, You do it. He has a connection with you. So he Hey kid use his name hey grogu you take the rock yeah she keeps anytime he calls her he calls him kid or anything other than his name she's like there in his ear grogu like use his name (laughs) use his name um and still won't take the rock for the mando but this is where buddy was talking about earlier and you don't know the importance but he remembers the shifter ball um in that that he has in his pocket and pulls it out and he gets Grogu to take the the shifter ball 
and, this and is quickly where, too with like with with yeah. pardon the pun with force like he mm-hmm. yanks the shit out of that thing he wants it um and this is when ahsoka she said something that i was like you you know me i get excited when i'm like ah was i yes it, it they 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 confirmed something that i had been wondering um he's he's using the force <laughs> in naughty ways um she refuses to, he's like you, you, i brought him here for you to train him she's like i'm not going to train him he he's too full of fear and anger and too and, connected to you and too connected to you i'm i'm i cannot train and train him i've seen this the training of somebody like this before and it did not go well it 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 was very 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 bad without to saying gra- to the greatest of us she said yes. she's seen what can happen to the great so obviously we know she's talking about anakin mm-hmm. um yeah, because and, to Anakin, because to Ahsoka, Anakin is still the Anakin, the hero Anakin that she knew. Um, even though Vader took him away and killed him, she, I mean that. I I feel like that definition that Obi Wan gave with your father, you know, Darth Vader killed your father. It's very much real to the core of Ahsoka's belief. Well, and I think, I I think it's actually legitimately the standpoint of the Jedi. Um, I think it's how they feel, really, because you even see it reflected in Rise of Skywalker, where Kylo says Ben Solo is dead. You know, there's only there's no Ben Solo. There's only Kylo Ren. Ben Solo is dead, and then of course in Rise during that wonderful scene with Harrison Ford, he said, no, Kylo Ren is dead. My son is here. Um, so it's a, they make a very distinct difference between somebody affected and guided by the light and the dark, especially mm-hmm. when they take a new name. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, I, it's like, it's very, very clear that she still even, even all this way in the future still really loves um like a family member not loves like you know anything weird but loves loves anakin and despises what vader did to him um has a whole lot of respect and reverence for um anakin i mean do you do you suppose she knows that anakin had been redeemed um at this point I mean, it's three years after the event took place, but do you suppose that that knowledge of the Vader redemption is is actually like public knowledge? I don't think it's public knowledge, but I do think she knows. I think she knows because he's a force ghost. And I think I I, I think that she she would have felt Luke's, it, maybe. Yeah, I think that she would have felt it, the, at least felt it the night he was redeemed. Um, I, then and when he and when he died Endor. shortly after, or whatnot, yeah, maybe she would have felt it. I, I'm sure it would be I, I, it would be nice for them to touch on that at some point. It, you know, maybe the the Ahsoka Bo-Katan show, they will. Um, I, I it would be a good time to. Um, but I just I guess I feel like that. Yeah, it, she she 
she should have felt something if when he died if not when oh i mean come on when leia died had they felt shit across the galaxy <clears throat> um so when Vader died, I have to believe that anybody who was force sensitive knew it. I mean, and especially or, as close to her as, as or as yeah, he her, yeah, they were they were very very close. Yeah, they shared they shared a they definitely shared an awareness of each other. Um, Which I mean, we did see that in the Clone Wars cartoon mm-hmm. when they were passing by each other in the on ship. Ships. And so if. If he and then he comes back as a force ghost and he's not going to be like, all right, yo, two minutes. I'm going to go say hi to my old Padawan. Uh, Yeah, just yeah. I mean, that would be it would be neat if they did stuff like that, even like if they did a flashback of him showing up and like apologizing. And and I mean. It would melt me to probably just like, oh, I would just probably be bawling because right? we live in a very, very tiny amount of time in Anakin's redemption. You know, I think we actually live longer in Ben Solo's redemption than we do in Anakin's. And Ben's redemption was neat. It was wonderful. It was great. Now, imagine how how living in Anakin's redemption a little bit more would feel. Oh, it would it would be it would be amazing. Um, it would be a little bit of that Luke that we never got in any of the trilogies. Um, and I say that tongue in cheek because I know we got some Luke, but come on, not enough, not nowhere near enough. Anyway, even if they were gonna do with yeah, anyway, beat that horse. So moving on. Um, but yeah, you get the idea that she she respects Anakin still a whole lot, but she refuses to teach him. Um, which leaves him going, uh, the fuck am I going to do? He's like, this is why I'm here. Like I, I'm, I am tasked with getting this child back to his people. The best part was it's also, it's not just uh, this. I have been spending the last, and for us, the last two, two and a season and a half trying to get this kid back to you. This point, this moment for the last, however long has been meant to live up to this point this is what i've been this is this is the moment i've been waiting for and he's like and she's like yeah no no it's not you got to keep going <laughs> it's like i can only imagine how it was it was like oh are you fucking kidding me well and then he I, as she's walking away he says i was hired to kill you and that kind of stops her in her tracks and then he you know he goes i obviously i didn't agree to anything um and then we we get into the you know, the story of, you know, about the magistrate and they decide to team up to take her down. And because what does he said? Does he? They make a right. Does do they make a deal? I can't. I'm blanking on it right now. Do they make a deal that, hey, if I can help you, will you at least point me in a different direction? Do they make that deal or? Uh, I don't. Or does he just like, hey, let me help you with your problem? No, I think he's like, let me help you with your problem. She she directs him where to go. Yeah, but, but that's at the end of the episode. We'll get there because that that is a, a can of worms all of its own that I can't wait to kind of dive into. Okay, um, okay. Um, I I thought I thought this was the point where she directed him though. 
but I'm no, sorry, no, 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 that, that came <laughs> at the bad. end, but yeah, no. So they, they decide to team up. Well, because it's a problem for Mando cause he can't go back and be like, yeah, I'm not killing her. You know, he can't do that. So they decide yeah. to, Hey, let's join our forces and they'll never see it coming. A Mandalorian and a Jedi. Mm. Right. And so they're going to go and take take the town back, basically, and get Ahsoka. Ahsoka needs to confront Morgan because she has information. Mm-hmm. And you know, we I get think a little. That, I think she made a deal. If you, it, you know, you, yeah, I get my information, and I'll, you know, and I'll. It's like she didn't tell him what she was going to get him, give him though. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but uh, so we get a little exposition. You know, the small army. Uh, with A350 blaster rifles, which I think is, you know, I think we see those in like Star Wars Battlefront. I think that's a, one of the weapons you can pick. Um, so, you know, another neat little technical nod probably came out of the mind of Filoni. Um, you know, and then he says HK-87 assassin droids, which, I mean, for you and me, being KOTOR fans, we we know and love HK-47. Um, mm-hmm. and are, you know, and possibly these are much later generations of assassin droids, but if they are, I would have to say that HK 47 would be mortified to see what assassin because droids they, have become in the future. Right. Definitely. I think he would have been happier with IG. <laughs> oh, he would have been IG and him would have been homies, but yeah, but these... yeah, the HKs that, that that we got were. I was excited to see HK assassin droids. I was really sad. I was like, all I could think though was, okay, except they're HKs. And that's awesome. They use that name, but wow, what, what fucking junk? Yeah. I mean, so, anyway, HK HK forty seven. We'll do a little brief supposition here. Uh, was a recruitable character in the Knights of the Old Republic games. And he was an assassin droid built by Darth Revan. He also had the most amazing personality. He was a a sociopath, just an absolute psychopath, referred to human beings as meatbags, had some of the best lines in the games, was just hysterical anytime you had a conversation with him. so yes, if that is a if that is an Easter egg nod to HK forty seven, I love it and appreciate it. But man, knowing the character like I know him, he would be ashamed of of the later generations in the HK line. Yep, it's like the 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 yeah. The best thing I saw him do was the roof thing, and um, yeah, climbing up on the roof. Yeah, that he yeah. did a nice little ninja flip to get up there. That was pretty sweet. But yeah, that was that the was- most the most effective they were at any given point (laughs) seriously anyhow especially against the jedi i mean it's like they didn't even it was it was pathetic so so the next morning though or the next afternoon a a little bit later that afternoon probably because she was testing grogu that morning um yeah so they they hike back to the settlement and well Okay, it's just she she carves a path into the settlement. Yeah, so okay, and she just goes, I mean, up the wall, dude, and then that was a cool up the wall scene. Just well, yeah. I, I like how they utilize the force powers with her. They yes. didn't hold back. No, she again, no Jedi restraint being shown. And 
she um she cut the they had a gong like an alarm gong at the front gate there was a dude between her and the gong and you see her cut through the gong now maybe put it together that she also cut through the dude between her and the gong simultaneously and you see what happens to the gong so put two and two together of what happened to the guy yeah Um, this is like this was a moment where you realize that uh, she's just being, being flat out ruthless with these guys but you also find out why it's because the this organization morgan specifically she tells the mando she goes through and lands on a planet and completely strips it bare of everything and that what we are looking at with that planet she's done to to multiple worlds before so yeah she and she builds she helped build the imperial war machine based on those activities um so she has a whole lot of death and a whole lot of destruction behind her so there could be less restraint based upon specifically who she's dealing with and what they've done to local inhabitants and the planet itself especially if she's feels the the uh if she can feel the planet and the life force of the planet i mean in the Jedi games I've played before, the, that that whole thing, depending on how force sensitive a planet even is, um, Jedi f- Jedi feel those currents strong more strongly than others. I guess you could say, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. So maybe she's maybe she's reacting off of that too. I I think the potential is definitely there, but also the magistrate is working for somebody and Ahsoka Mm -hmm. has a vested interest in figuring out where this person is. Uh, And we will get to that here in just a couple of minutes. I know they're all guessing. They're like, wait, wait. Okay. Well, I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they watch the episode, but I'm, I'm hoping they enjoy our narrative style of revealing things. If you haven't. Yes. (laughs) We, uh, we like to reveal things in the same order that the show revealed things. Of course we could launch at the very beginning talking about in short detail the summary of the episode but maybe our hope is you're you're watching the episode along with us as we're or along with this telling of the episode so as we get to the reveals you see the reveals you know that's impossible the other is some people that haven't watched the episode maybe they just really like our spoilers hey maybe Mm. you don't need to watch the episode if you listen to buddy and guy but we really hope you'll do both um yeah 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 so, but uh, so we see her cleave a path of destruction and confront the magistrate and uh, the gunslinger soldier mercenary Michael Bean's character and a bunch of their soldiers and the HK droids. And she throws at their feet the pauldron uh, with the, the mudhorn emblem from Mando's armor. You know, obviously like, hey, he failed. And she's basically like, hey, I killed him and now it's your turn. Um she morgan retreats do you like that oh shit moment that yeah yeah morgan retreats into her little compound and you know and and michael bean's like we'll handle this we'll take care of it you're good just go ahead you're fine and then she she tells him to to take the hk droids with him and they open fire she she ninja flips up to the roof 
And, you know, I think deflects blaster fire into a few of them and then vanishes, like jumps off the roof into another street and they go chasing after. We get uh, some more guerrilla tactics going on here. Where more guerrilla tactics. That cool scene of her igniting, like, both sabers and then as she pulled them apart, like, it looked like one blade and then it became the two. That was really neat. Right. Um, they did some really nice uh, cinematography with that stuff. And some um, really awesome fight choreography, like Rosario... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she was the one behind the sabers the entire time, but if it was, she did a wonderful job. Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, right, definitely. With their... not, but nice use of it. I like what they did. And then, what brings the Mando in? Do you remember? Right, well, the force is getting split. Then Mando comes in because I think she wants him. Oh, <coughs> <coughs> she tells. She tells uh, Michael Bean's character she's retreating to kill the hostages and then start going door to door, to door and start That's killing it. and start yes. killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, Mando comes in um, blasting mm-hmm. and he takes out the few soldiers and one of the HK droids. Because Ahsoka at that point in time had already had taken out another the other one, didn't she? Because she cut one of them in half. Oh, yes. No, that is exactly right. So she, I think he shows up and she reappeared. I can't remember. But anyway, Mando shows up at the gate and starts rescuing the hostages and takes out the sol- the few soldiers that are there. Because I think she might have she might have dispatched everybody else except for the HK that had gone up on the roof to look for On the her. roof, yeah. So everybody else had been dispatched. She actually, I think she might have saved Mando from getting blasted by the HK. Not that it would have done anything to him, but oh, at the at that's right. At the after he rescued everybody, the one dude yells at him, "Oh, watch out!" Oh yes, that's right, that's right. And then Ahsoka is standing on the wall to the compound, and Mando is standing there, uh, looking at Michael Bean, and Michael Bean's blaster rifle is i think it's on the ground at this point but he he scooped it up at another point but ahsoka goes in to confront the magistrate who is more than prepared to face her with her spear of beskar and you could tell earlier and you could tell earlier when she was presenting it to the mando that she knew how to handle it she was making very specific ritualistic motions that I think you would see it in the Japanese culture. If they were to present a samurai sword to another samurai, if we, Hey, check out my weapon. Those are the kind of motions you would see. At least that's what it put me into mind. Of. So is this the, why not? So this is their fight, but what you said, there was something about, yeah, I want to, um, I want to talk about the actress briefly. Um, the, the, the gal playing Morgan, also known as the magistrate. Her name is Diana Lee Inosanto, and if I'm butchering the last name, I truly apologize. Um, she is a very experienced martial artist and a professional stunt woman. Um, she was trained by her father, Dan Inosanto. Her dad was a friend and student of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is this actress's godfather. Oh damn! She referred to Bruce as Uncle Bruce her entire or her entire life or his entire life of knowing him. Um, her middle name is obviously an homage to Bruce. Um, very cool. Yes, very cool. So 
definitely has her child. Uh, definitely knows how to handle what the fuck she's. And definitely that. knows how to handle things. <laughs> she. Holy shit. She is. Yes. I was wondering where. I mean, dude, come you. Yeah, she knew what the hell was going on with that fucking with the spear, and yeah, that that explains so much as far as why. Holy cow! Yes, so she That's a she name. is a legitimate real life badass, um, and I Seriously. really I can't wait to dive into her work and see what else she has done, um, because the way she handled that spear was real. It wasn't. She might have even done the choreography for this fight. She might have train rosario on how oh yeah she probably did she might have trained rosario she might have trained rosario how to do the fighting with the sabers for the episode too um but yeah i want to dive into her background a little bit more because she's incredible um you know the the last well i mean it's just like donnie yen in rogue one you know donnie yen he played the the blind monk at the at the temple of the wills you know that goes with them on the rest for the rest of the movie but donnie yen another legit martial artist who i mean that's he wasn't he the one that taught uh his character i am one with the force the force is with me he's yeah he seems force sensitive to an extent even though he's blind yeah yeah he's he's the the one that they copy that off uh, they copied his line off of um or not i don't want to say copied his line but you know that they, they used that line i want to say in the wasn't it in the clone wars in the clone wars i yeah. want to say it was ahsoka that used it first yeah well not yeah. first he used well it first, yeah technically he used it on screen first but yeah timeline timeline wise she would have used it before him and so i'm but, curious I, we were wondering about that connection i think at the time but yeah i love one. i just i love when they bring in these real martial art badasses to do this sort of stuff because ray Seriously. park ray park is another one he's a legit mm-hmm. martial arts badass playing darth maul you know um yeah and he again did the 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 capture the, the mocap yeah for the the yeah, fight with the fights with ahsoka yeah 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 so i love it when yeah. they bring in these real martial arts badasses and her skill she is her character is highly skilled um but again rosario dawson she sells this fight scene dude she but did I, have... I i feel so... like i feel like she was fighting with restraint for the first time in the episode because she's not trying to kill morgan no she needs information so she's not going to let Morgan die until she has that information. Uh, that information. Oh, what she's after. I had, I did not, I didn't expect it. Oh, I, dude, I, I thought it would have something to do with Gideon. Me too. And right. holy crap. We see an epic fight scene count break out. Rosario is, loses one of her lightsabers. It gets knocked into the pond. So she's halfway disarmed and she's left with her shorter lightsaber. But then she ends up disarming uh, Morgan. Meanwhile, while this fight's carrying out, we kind of blink out to uh, kind of a showdown face-off with Michael Bean and the Mando. And he's like, Michael Bean's like, who do you think's going to win? Could be you, could be me. You and I aren't very different. You know, we just, you know, we we fight for what we believe in. And, uh, you know, and we, we join causes we believe in. And Michael Bean was kind of acting like maybe he was going to redeem himself and walk away and be like, this isn't it. This isn't my, my cause. 
but he's just being crafty. He's trying to get the drop on Mando, and we see uh, we see Mando is not letting his hand get far from his blaster. And Michael Bean's lowering his weapon to the ground and just gets it on the ground. Michael Bean goes for his blaster, but Mando just smokes him. Just smokes just him. Just zooms. I mean, so, dude, he, yeah, there was, yeah, Michael Bean didn't even have a chance, man. Yeah. Uh, so Ahsoka disarms the magistrate and puts her lightsaber blade to the magister's neck and says, where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Boom. And I mean, I, I, if my wife wasn't asleep, I'd get her over here to let her talk about her reactions to watching my reactions to this show. Um, <laughs> because I was a little kid the entire time, the entire oh, time, all right? of it, for all of it, just oh, a little kid. It was so good. When she said Thrawn, though, I was like, I mean, that was just like, I was my entire, like, holy fuck. They went to Thrawn. And so everything that you're saying about Gideon. He, uh, Thrawn may be pushing those buttons, man. It he may could be nothing to do with the Emperor. It may all come down to be to be based around Thrawn. But maybe Thrawn knows something that uh, that fucking we don't know or that people don't know he knows. I another layer to this fucking onion, and that I can't. St- I mean, uh, but again, this is it, Rebels, uh, Clone Wars. Revenge. They are tying so many of these things together now into a singular, cohesive line with this movie or with the show. I, I just I love it that way. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of threads being drawn together, but um, we don't see so, the ma- we don't see the magistrate's fate. But I assuming no. that after after she gave up the information, Ahsoka killed her. I'm going to assume or they gave her to the the new magistrate or the guy, basically the guy they re. Uh, they threw the code on power. him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they put him into power. I think she killed him or killed her. I, I would I would assume so. I don't I think really that's a threat that you. So. I don't think that's a threat that you leave alive. Me. Agree, I don't agree. I mean, I don't disagree. I completely agree with that that sentiment you don't leaving her alive would be a bad idea at this point in time and i don't think ahsoka has the qualms about putting her down yeah yeah but whatever happens happens off screen because we don't know um but we what we do know is this the town is celebrating and ahsoka joins mando at the gate and she is carrying the beskar spear and says, you know, I believe this was your payment. Um, and he's like, I can't take that. That was a payment for killing you. And she goes, no, this this belongs with a Mandalorian. And he accepts it with, with thanks. But we now know that the Mandalorian has a weapon capable of standing up to a lightsaber. Which I think is going to be very important here in the next couple of episodes. Agreed. Um, and not only that, he is the Mandalorian with the goddamn most best car of anyone. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, I can't wait to see how he uses that spear if he incorporates it into his um, into his I've everyday carry sort of thing, his everyday gear. I hope now, he does. Did you did you notice that the spear looked like it could be separated into two pieces? It looked it, like at least two pieces. Yeah. 
So I'm wondering if he'll carry it disconnected and then or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They'll they'll show us. Right. On top of it, I mean, but the other thing that I guess I'm just like, I'm wondering, man. I'm want you know I've been wondering if the if they what they're gonna do, but uh, come on, tell me at this point in time, I don't know how they would be able to. I would be willing to. I want him to become the Mandalore, but I don't want him to become the Mandalore until I'm done with the mo- done with the show, like I'm done with his character. Like I want him to live the rest of his life out as the Mandalore, but like I don't feel like it totally fits his character at this point in time. No, I don't think he's got any interest in me in being Mandalore. Now, if Bo-Katan becomes the Mandalore, maybe he would serve her. But um, yeah, it's hard to say where they're going to go. But I can't wait to see. I don't. My thing with him is that uh, I don't think that he would ever want to be the Mandalore. However, I think if circumstances um, turned around and presented it to him and it was the it was the best course of action, the right thing, like the the way. Um, and he felt like it was the way I felt I feel like he would do it un, through obligation. Very possibly. Um, very possible. And and then at, at the point in time he's doing it through obligation, up until the point in time he doesn't need to be the one to do it anymore. I th- I I like I totally see him doing it and doing badass job at I mean do it just being a fucking killer fucking Mandalore, but I don't see him doing it cuz he wants to. I see him doing it out of out of honor and out of obligation. Um, well, you know, hopefully this isn't something we find out for a very long time. Very long time, right? Yeah, but, but uh, still, they're, I feel like they're leading up to it with all the fancy best car and every, what they're doing. They're making him like, Maybe. Maybe. I mean, to me, the, the spear is simply the, hey, now he can actually now he stand can up Gideon. to... Now he can fight Gideon. Um, but, of course, the episode isn't quite over at this point. Um she asks where Grogu is, and he's always on the ship. And he goes, he goes, I'll go get him so you can say goodbye. And he goes and retrieves him. And Rosario is, or I'm sorry, Ahsoka, is clearly attached to the kid. Mm-hmm. Cares for him. Because, I mean, this is probably the first <laughs> interaction with another Jedi or Jedi-like being that she's had in a very long time. Um. And she offers information to Mando, which is loaded with possibilities, um, which I will get to my theories on things at the end of the, when we're done with the recap of the show. But she says to take Groku, Grogu, Grogu, to the planet Tython. And there's a mountain temple that has a powerful connection to the force and if he can if he reaches out through the force there there's a chance a jedi might sense him and come looking um and that's basically where the episode ends mando Mm -hmm. heads to the ship and they take off and i assume he's going to tython um because that's the the next step in the path that's been set before him um tython is a very important planet um, it's never been talked about or discussed or shown in live action, but in video games and in other mediums, 
It's the birthplace of the Jedi. It's where they originally founded the order. It's where many, many Jedi were trained for many generations before they were moved to Coruscant. It is, I mean, it is the holiest of holies for Jedi in reality. <coughs> so, um, very significant uh, planet. But So, um, who do, how do you think she found out about Tython? Oh, I, I think Tython was still in use in a minor way um, until the fall of the Jedi Order. Okay. I think I think they I think they still used it kind of in the same way they used um, Ilum Coruscant. for for lightsabers is they were on Coruscant so they could be at the at the service of the Supreme Chancellor and the Senate mm-hmm. but I think Tython was still used as a place for training um you know in the same way that Dantooine had the Jedi Academy and you know there was probably an academy there. Um, maybe it's hard to say, you know, maybe not for young Padawans, but for older ones, they spent time there. It's hard to say, but, um, this episode left me pondering many, many theories, many ideas, many, many questions that are left hanging that I wanted to try to figure out the answers for. So the first one I want to address, and I know we're two and a half hours, but hey, we're always two and a half hours, folks. Um, <laughs> just dig in. And I, I gave you my theory last night. I shared it with you over text. So you mm-hmm. said you can ponder. So I'm I'm going, I haven't heard your ponderings. So I'm going to present the theory to the audience. And then I want to hear your ponderings, if you're prepared to give them, or are you still thinking? No, I'm, over, I'm, I'm over prepared, my I think. I'm prepared. Okay. So the biggest question that was raised is the fact that Grogu was taken from the Jedi Temple and hidden to protect him. Um, the why, why was he alone taken from the temple is an interesting question. And I think the answer to that is wrapped up in my theory to an extent. Mm-hmm. And the fact that his memories are dark is another part of the theory. Um, so we have one major actress who was announced as a guest star on the show who has not appeared yet. Uh, and that would be Jamie Lee Curtis. Now I could be completely wrong. Again, this is, just a theory, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis is playing somebody very specific. Um, so there is a character who appeared in Attack of the Clones. She appeared in the Clone Wars cartoon. She appeared in the comic books. She appeared in video games. She is the the librarian of the Jedi Temple during the Clone Wars. And her name is Jocasta Nu. Uh, She is a Jedi Master. And she's basically the, you know, like the librarian. You see her, she talks to Obi-Wan. When Obi-Wan's looking for Kamino in Attack of the Clones, that, that, older woman that comes up to her or to him and is like, if it's not in our records, it doesn't exist. That's Jocasta new. Okay. 
So in the comic books, she survived Order 66 by hiding in a, in a hidden vault that contained a lot of artifacts of varying natures, including Sith artifacts and holocrons and things of that nature. Um, my theory is that she was with Grogu when Order 66 broke out and hid him with her in the temple, in that room. And I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be playing her in the Mandalorian because she would be about the correct age. And because the original actress passed away four years ago, the original actress was Aletha McGrath. And I feel my theory is that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be playing her. And we're going to see when Grogu's memories come back, maybe how and why he was hidden. And I believe he was hidden by Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I only believe this because there was a news story several weeks ago. And it didn't get much play. It was just kind of like, oh, this is a neat little thing. But Ewan McGregor visited the set of The Mandalorian. And they had his costume. His Obi-Wan Kenobi costume was there. Why would he come to the set of The Mandalorian? And why would his costume be there? I believe we have a secret guest appearance coming from Ewan McGregor showing him being contacted by Jocasta Nu to take Grogu from the temple and put him into hiding. Um, the hows and the whys <laughs> will find out if my theory proves to be correct, but I believe Obi-Wan used the force to darken his memories because he had no way to protect the child. He had no way. He had to he had to be on Tatooine to watch over Luke. He couldn't be in both places. And right. why I mean why the kid wasn't taken to Yoda is a is a big question as well, but you know, anyways. That's this is my theory. This is why this is what I think about it. Um because it is the comic books are canon. It is canon that she lived through Order 66. It makes sense to me. And again, it's a complete guess, a complete theory. I'm probably wrong, but I love making up theories. And so this is mine. Right. I I, I think it's just as worthwhile of a theory as a lot of the others. Um, I, I My feeling about it was is... I could see, I could see it. Um, I could absolutely see it. Uh, from Obi Wan, as I hope he is. I, I, I mean, isn't oh it just God, weird? Why, is. why would you come to set with, and and with your costume, like with a show going on? Depending on when we get news, as far as when the new. I mean, do we have anything about the new? Because he's still. I everything. I've never heard anything other than. The, it's it's coming it i think it's, it's gonna i think they're March gonna be making twenty one or something like that i think they're gonna be making it very soon i it, so it, this would be wrapping up just at a time where they could give you just enough to really like you know wet your whistle and 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 lead into an obi-wan show and doing those kind of things um and explain you know 
what Obi-Wan's doing with his time and not that he's not just on tat uh, excuse me. Um, just on tat tatooine, um, babysitting Luke. So maybe maybe, you know, this is a, a, an avenue for that. Um just uh, we've heard a lot of different things i mean for all i know i mean you could even if you really really wanted to the reason everything goes dark is he was taken from the jedi temple by anakin and um who i mean i i i'm that that's just me playing out my ass but your te- your theory to me sounds more based upon what we know. Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who she could be, um, everything. I mean, she she could also just be a random Jedi. Uh, if he yeah. if he takes him to Tython and he does reach out through the Force, she could just be the Jedi that shows up looking for him. Because here's but here's the interesting thing about all of about all of everything is all of these guest announcements or casting news that we heard they all came with names except for Michael Bean's character who had no name mm-hmm. so and we he still knew, doesn't have a name and still doesn't have any dead so it doesn't matter um, <laughs> he, he plays dead, dead guy number not, right? dead guy number 19 no dead guy right. number 19 um we knew Katie was playing Bo-Katan we didn't know who Sasha was playing, but they also never said the character's name during the show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we knew Ahsoka was being played by Rosario. We've had character names attached to every guest star, except right. for Michael Bean and Jamie Lee Curtis. So, why I, I is really that feel name, like Jamie Lee? Why is that name being concealed? It's obviously it's a secret. It's a big secret. It's huge. If it's not my, you know, okay, my, my, this goes back to this whole thing with me and uh, this whole that I've been working on in my brain that is not completely, it doesn't all match and match and mesh yet. There's some little pieces that are hidden. Um, The Emperor, somebody wants Baby Yoda or wants Grogu. Who wants Grogu, and how long have they wanted Grogu? And and if we go back, and specifically the temple attack on the temple was was meant to procure Grogu, and at that point in time, who was who was trying to abduct him? Who kept him safe? How did the people that kept kept him safe, how did they know, I mean, did they know what they were keeping him safe from? Or did they just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of those questions and I feel like those <coughs> questions weigh heavy, not just in the story and Grogu mythology, but now, now in the entire universes, because it's like the temple thing, well, it might, you know, he, Anakin just may have been sent to attack it, but in the background now, you have this this secondary thing going on and all of a sudden you either have to explain why palpatine knew nothing about it which is fine i mean if he knew nothing about it then and gideon or whoever was just trying that thrawn was trying to get uh um 
Grogu for some odd reason, then you're going to find that out. And you're going to find the Emperor had nothing to do with it. Or you're going to find out the Emperor had something. But you're going to find out that it's the story itself is now more rooted in 30 years or whatever, however long of Star Wars history, all back, not 30 years. Well, well yeah, about, what, 18 years from uh, Revenge of the Sith? Um, to the new ones, and we're nine years a after ABY. So, what? We're like 27 years past the Revenge of the Sith? Yes. Yes, so yes. That's, that's, Grogu was your like math 23 is, Your math checks ish. out. Yes, Grogu would have been 23-ish. Um, so... I mean, I just don't, I, I, it's like, that's the biggest question is, it's like, I think, it, which, that also puts us, because it's Palpatine didn't kill Plagueis until he became a senator. Yeah, um, or right before, so sometime uh, pre-Phantom Menace. Pre, sometime just right just like pre phantom menace just like right right in that area um and so right around that time is when he when Plagueis was explaining him to him at the the how to continue you know the uh immortality um you never find out exactly what Plagueis knew about that interestingly enough though that i can't i keep having a hard time getting around is everything as far as what he describes and how he describes all the stuff with the the mortality stuff is exactly what it basically comes down to what he tries with what he tries with luke he doesn't he can't try it with anakin because anakin's too much machine um, but he tries it with Luke. He tries it with Ray. Tries to get them to cut him down, and all this other stuff. And um, and and he says it multiple times. I'll keep living. Did but if if this was what Plagueis taught Palpatine, ultimately, was did he teach him in the? Did he teach him in the act? of meaning palpatine was like haha i'm gonna cut you down and plagueis is like all right go ahead cut me down i'll live forever and he so he does and boom who we're seeing is not actually palpatine it's now plagueis because plagueis is like the you know long game and so he just assumes the name and assumes everything and just becomes because palpatine everybody sees him as palpatine and everybody knows the face ass so it doesn't so he takes he so he just gets used to responding and being that name but really at the end of it end of the day it's you just got it's it's really plagueis driving everything um i'm not completely sold out of sold out of the whole thing that the emperor isn't plagueis (laughs) and i mean i which is i I, is for some it's a stretch and a hands-off kind of thing but it's like to me it's just like why what's the what's the what do what do we gain from that we don't gain anything i i think in the background from uh, the standpoint of say lucas or 
uh, anybody who's really ultimately writing something. At that point in time, that's when you get something from it. But other than that, it's like, why haven't we described? Why haven't we explained where Anakin came from? Why hasn't all that stuff been cleared up yet? And well, I because think it's the, reason- the Jesus myth, dude. It's it's there. There, Anakin's the chosen one, the Messiah, and created by immaculate conception. It's a play on the Jesus myth. You well, know what I'm I- saying? Yeah, yeah, sort of. And, but I, and never, did, I guess I never felt they- like it. But they did explain it in sources that are now non-canon. That's the other thing, is they explained Plagueis in a book that's now non-canon. They explained mm-hmm. Anakin as being a, the result of either Plagueis or Sidious's manipulation of the midi-chlorians to create life. Yeah. Right. But that was and- all decanonized when Disney bought it. So Absolutely. So now it needs a definition again. And even if it's just that, even if it's just a quick bloop, you know, on uh, on a page or a, a line, one single line in a movie. I think that explanation is, you know, will be given, and it, it's not going to be given until it's actually. Um, it, it's I don't want to say necessary, but ultimately, it, it without purpose, they're not just going to use it because then right now it's it's like the time thing for Marvel. It's your it's your in your back pocket. What can I do with it? Well, we can do a hundred things with it right now. So until we need one of those things and it's that important, just keep it in our back pocket until we need it. Because that that right there is, you know, you can, it's like, well, after we've written a hundred, you know, Spider-Man stories, where do we go with it? Okay, well, you remember that thing that we never wrapped up in, you know, episode two or in an article in, in comic two? let's use that now and so now we got a whole new 50 comic books just based upon the fact that it's this one thing that nobody ever saw coming that whoa blows the mind of everything changes nothing but allows for new story to progress or allows for um um this idea of uh, it, it explains more in the long run um i there's no reason for it other than what progresses the story. And part of me is wondering from the mindset of, of somebody who's created the entire universe. Cause there's a lot of writers that I know that they create an entire world and then write within that world. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious to know, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in what Lucas and Filoni and all these guys were thinking and what the world is that exists that we don't know about that they're taking all these bits from to give us these stories. Are they just writing these stories or are it does it is it is there more behind it? And I just I think from their standpoint the story gets written and then they go back through and add all these wonderful little tidbits of just I, I don't know, uh, 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 what, Easter egg goodness? Um, well, yeah, Easter egg goodiness is definitely a, a a factor in some of their storytelling, where it's 
it's a nugget. Here's a nugget of something that connects to something else that you, you know, that we loved. And hey, guess what? It's back now. It's official. It's canon because they have that power. Mm-hmm. They have the power to canonize. They're like popes. They're like the popes of Star Wars. They can make stuff canon if they want to. And it's amazing. And you um, were saying, you were talking about uh, Grogu becoming like the, the, the future face <coughs> of Star Wars. Um, I mean, I think his popularity can't be denied in the same way that even though Yoda is a huge character, relatively not a lot of screen time, but people fucking love, love, love Boba Yoda. Boba Fett. Exact, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader doesn't have a whole lot of screen time either. <clears throat> um, exactly. I, I, I think, and especially given the fact that the three actors that they tapped to be the future of star Wars and none of them really seem like they give a damn and want to come back. So, you know, you have to, if we're going to have a future, if we're going to have movies, if we're going to have a continuing story, what better character to use than baby Yoda now Grogu. Yeah. Right. And I agree completely. I think my problem with Grogu is it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. I have to think about saying, and it's not like Yoda. Yoda just comes out. But I've been saying Yoda for, 35 years so maybe that's got it maybe that's to do with it, it but i don't know um, yoda is just but yoda's yoda's yoda it sounds really cool grogu yoda grogu, is yoda grogu. yeah grogu, grogu yoda grogu grogu, yoda. grogu i don't know but anyway, anyway so it's, so there was <laughs> there was theory the first like i said probably not true because this is coming out of me I like pulling it. i i like it too because it's, I think it's, I would, that's how I would tell the story in some way or another, but I'm not the one telling the stories. Probably never will be, but you know, maybe if Filoni hears this someday, he'll be like, hey, that guy has good ideas. We should um, let him tell the story. Yes. But you know what? You know, maybe, maybe my mom will buy me a pony that flies. So, you know, um, anything's possible, but likely is a whole nother story. I'm hoping for one but, myself. <laughs> so theory, theory, the second and not mm-hmm. so much theory the second is speculation. Um, we we are assuming at this point that Mando is taking Grogu to Tython. And that Grogu will indeed reach out into the Force. Um, and potentially be sensed by a Jedi. <sighs> there are, in my mind... Four possibilities, if that happens, of what the of what we'll see as a result. Um, the first is Jamie Lee Curtis playing an as of yet unnamed character. Maybe that's what they're saving her for. Um, maybe we'll see Kanan or Ezra make their live action show ups. Um, maybe we'll see Cal Kestis. Now, my personal wish, yeah, my personal wish is that they borrow Marvel's magic de-aging technology and we get a little Luke Skywalker. I hope so. I I mean I that five would, seasons and we'll see. I mean uh, I'm hopeful that would so. melt. That would absolutely melt me. Um, right to see Luke show up but in the Mandalorian. We haven't seen absolutely any flashback scenes yet 
So I don't know. Well, my that's the only thing that I'm I keep wondering about is we haven't seen any flashback scenes yet. So we may not find out visually um, what happened back in the temple or any of those kind of things. Um, so, but even without a flashback, I mean, we're talking about just no. We have nine seen years. flashbacks. We, we saw flashbacks of what happened to Din. When he was a child. Oh, that's right. You're absolutely right. I forgot about. We have. That. I was. I was on board with you, and I'm thinking. I was thinking. Have we? And no, you're right. And I was you're like, right. No, we have. We have. We so saw what happened to Din Djarin as a kid in the Clone Wars. So I mean, flashbacks so, hmm. aren't aren't out of the question. Um, right. But man, oh man, um, I'll be happy with. Well, okay, if Jamie Lee Curtis is just playing an as-of-yet unknown, unnamed Jedi, will it bother me? No. Would I prefer it to be something else? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I think Luke is owed an appearance. Yeah. I think Mark Hamill is owed an appearance. Given that, you know, the his his last on-screen appearances didn't leave people satisfied. To use him, even in small bits or pieces, using the magic of Marvel's de-aging technology, um, would would be meaningful to the fans. Um, Absolutely. The, the other option on that is we have this cat named Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier. And he has a very striking resemblance to Mark Hamill, to a young Mark Hamill. I mean, to the point where Mark Hamill is jokingly on Twitter referred to Sebastian Stan as his son. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe they go that route. But I I can't imagine a world where the phone rings and Mark Hamill picks it up and it's Favreau on the other end saying, hey, you want to come spend a day filming a little Luke Skywalker scene where we de-age you? Do you want to do that? I can't imagine a world where Hamill says no. Uh, you're right. Me neither. And it is really totally, if you, if it, just so everybody is clear, it is really uncanny if you just like, just Google Sebastian Stan and Mark Hamill. And then look at them. It's like, it really is uncanny. You, It's like, if you haven't, you don't think, you know, it's like, nah, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. He really yeah, does. He, does. he oh, really shit, does. He really does. So oh, um, when, when he, well, I mean, his hair, if he, if they, if they do his hair to look like Mark Hamill's hair, mm-hmm. it, it jumps out even more. But yeah, he really resembles a young Mark Hamill. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. It's crazy. Um, so I would, yeah, I would be completely for it. I hope they do. I really hope we start. I hope we see some flashback stuff because I'm. It's it's. How do we know how Gideon got the dark saber? How do we know you know the origins of Grogu? A lot of the stuff that that is out there that that we've seen with things in a certain way, we don't know how they ended up that way because when we were last left last saw that's not what we knew and so how did we get to this point and a flag you know a single flashback even just to answer all that even it you know just like throw it all up into one cohesive story which i i believe 
Favs and Filoni can do. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I want to see it. Uh, I just, I would love to see it. And I would love to see some kind of something, especially of, yeah, Luke. Or how about even if it, what, what would you do if the one to show up to at the temple with Grogu is actually Luke? Um, because at this point in time, Luke is out and about, dude. He he hasn't gone yeah, yeah. AWOL. Yeah, Luke is Luke is, I mean, alive and well, and presumably preparing his. Oh, how awesome temple. would that be? At one point in time, some of these series where we actually see uh, uh, in charge Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that would be neat. My only fear is that well. Does he take Grogu to his his temple, and is Grogu there when Kylo has his bloodbath? I don't Although, think we're ever gonna see. I I don't think anybody's going. Part of my thing with Grogu is I wonder if he's not gonna eventually get Mandalorian training, because in my mind, that in itself is going to teach a Jedi. I mean that 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 could potentially make. I mean, we've already had one Mandalorian Jedi. It's like, I go that maybe that they go that route with it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, or a force wielding bounty hunter. There's the they've done that before too. So um, with with Aura Singh, who is a failed Padawan who became a bounty hunter, you get a glimpse of her in um, Phantom Menace during the pod race scene. She's standing like on an overlook in one of the first um, scenes of the actual racing. You see her with a a rifle on an overlook. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, at, um, it's maybe we get some answers. Maybe this next episode, maybe this next episode will, will have our minds melted and blown even farther than they already have been six yeah and the final three and the final three and we will certainly we know we've got some we know we've got some gideon going ham with the dark saber approaching that's about the only confirmable fact that we have for the last few episodes is that um right so oh i all i can we know some fighting is we know some battles are coming um i mean i hate I'm going to hate to see the season end because this is definitely a big bright spot in my, my world Mm -hmm. every Friday watching that episode of the Mandalorian. But Hey, you know what? Um, This will give way to WandaVision. I was going to say right around the corner, we got WandaVision and then hopefully by the time, you know, we'll get some, we'll get some over the summers or, or, you know, late spring or summer, we'll get some Obi-Wan maybe. And then we'll get some Obi-Wan. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right. Mando. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah don't forget see, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got forget, we've no, got stuff we got, coming. Strap we've, in, guys. Strap in because we got a lot of shit to go over. But and you know, I mean, we're meantime. gonna have the we're gonna have all sorts of stuff coming. But I I I love the Mandalorian. I love that show. Um, so good. It's what Star Wars should be. Absolutely. It's what Star. It's 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 Star Wars. It's what it is. It's, it is Star Wars. Uh, it's Star Wars. It's it's that yeah, I mean, it means it means the world to me that show. It really does. They got it um, right. They fucking got it right. They did. They really did. Um, but we have been yakking at you poor bastards for 3 hours and 10 minutes. 
And Holy I think I think right, we're good. We're we're fan. We're phenomenal. We're well. You guys, you're welcome. Uh, I can't think. <laughs> you you are welcome. Yes, our 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 mind vomit of right. theories and thoughts and everything else. And at this point in time, oh, my boy. brain is out of ideas, theories, speculations, and everything. And oh I, yeah, no, I, dude, I, I got help nothing. Anything else? So my friend, yeah, I got nothing. So why don't you uh, why don't you take us home there, big man? Well, then from my brain and your brain being completely out of gas, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. And just know, until next week. We've spoken.